Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. Hedwig just dropped off a very special episode, maybe even a magical one. So pull out your wands and potions, Normies, because we're done talking muggle shit. It's Harry Potter on Normies Like Us. Welcome to Hogwarts. You're a wizard, Harry. Mr. Potter, the boy who lived, come to Ayo, hey, magical bad boys! It's your host Mike. Ayo, hey, it's Colin. <laughs> oh, no, no, no! I take oh, this. Okay. <laughs> it's Colin. Uh, <laughs> blimey, bloody hell! It's Joe. And we're joined once again by very special guests. Introduce yourself. Uh, hey, normies! It's Jacob uh, Vada Kedavra. I just killed oh, all of you. Oh <laughs> wow! Shut up for the pod. killing curse. Yes. Jacob, you it's muggles magical later. to have you here. Well, why, thank you. You know, I'm I, I, big fan of Harry Potter here, so I'm happy to be here. I'm glad we were able to uh, get everything sorted uh, before the episode. <laughs> yeah. so. Hat. And actually, Puns. you know, I might be the biggest of the of all, all of you three. I might be a bigger Harry Potter fan than anyone. I, I would say so, yeah. probably. Yeah. I you mean, know. if you're willing to say that, for yeah. sure. So let's go ahead real quick. I'm not afraid. Um, let's get our background then, right? Harry Potter, how much have you read? How much have you seen, right? Guys, we're roughly about the same age. This thing was a fucking phenomenon. Oh, yeah. For our generation specifically, like, Mm -hmm. growing up with it, it was huge. We were in, what, like, third or fourth grade when the first book hit American shores? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, like, literally the same age that Harry was growing up, so I grew up exactly the same age I hear Harry. so many people make that defense about what they like about Harry Potter I've heard people two years <laughs> older than Potter. me say it I've heard and people two years, two years younger, younger than, than me say, say it, it. Yeah. well by the time he was in the fourth grade I was the same grade as Harry Potter and it's like sure totally I yeah. get it that's Whatever. a great <laughs> reason to like it it's almost like yeah. it was written for young adults <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. the last even one more came than... out when we were I think sophomores or juniors in high school and he was just ending his high school yeah I was not well. in college yet no it was it was in well if you were a sophomore, I was a freshman. I don't know. But, but uh, yeah, we have a similar timeline of our educational careers as Harry did. Like, you know, he was just getting into the schools, you know. So um, I've read Up to Goblet and I've seen all the movies uh, and, you know, even the uh, Fantastic Beasts and stuff. So I'm not a super fan, but I really did enjoy the first four books. Let's and, hit that real quick. Yeah. I've read all the books. I've seen all the movies. Joe, Jacob, same. I've I've seen all the movies. I read the first book in like third or fourth grade when it came out, and I was like, "Not for me." Poetic and Jerrian. Yeah, I've read all the books multiple times. I've watched all the movies multiple times. I wouldn't consider myself a super fan, but uh, I am a fan. You say multiple times. These, as a kid, were the first time I knew kids who did rereads. I probably only did yeah. one of them as a reread, maybe Prisoners mm-hmm. of Azkaban, just because it was mm-hmm. so dark and weird, you know, from compared to all the other two no, at I've the time. Them. But I knew um, lots of kids, yeah, who were like, yeah. well, on my first read-through, I felt this. But by the end of the week, by the time I'd read it the third time, and you're like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, I would literally, like, <laughs> you, you know, wizards, huh? you probably remember, like, you know, Borders would have, like, those all-night parties for, like, the releases and stuff. I would get them at midnight. I would start reading it. I would not stop until I finished the entire book. I must have finished like 
the last couple like within a 12 hour period wow so, that is amazing considering the size man and the the age that yeah. is really impressive and the fact that yeah most well, kids don't want to read yeah, yeah, yeah we'll talk like about these, it like these these books really started a whole youth reading movement that didn't really oh, absolutely exist at young that time. adult books were in fashion again yeah the first time in a long time and that's mm-hmm. how we end up in a world with hunger games and twilight yeah if yeah. you look at the twilights and the hunger games of the world not as well written as 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 uh, Harry Potter, but uh, definitely not. Um, I'll you know a lot of people say you know there's op eds, there's hot takes that came out at the time of like from literary snobs like oh these aren't even well written blah blah blah. These Harry Potter is so much more well written than something like Twilight. Well, and also the to world say building. they're not well written is like they're literally for children. Yeah, man. it's not <laughs> like you know, it's not. They're for Joyce. Yeah. Well, who's the guy who does the Da Vinci Code? I remember him taking a big shit all over. Oh him, yeah, being and like, well, what's so special about you, <laughs> you moron? Yeah. yeah, fuck you. Stephen King came out right away and said like Dolores Umbridge is like one of the best villains oh, ever yeah. written. Really good. Harry oh, is classic so cool. Like he loves great Harry world Potter. building, yeah. great descriptive like character design and everything. Like, oh. mm. And since these are sort of broad strokes, I think this would be the best time to uh, to mention it. Uh, Snape kills Dumbledore. Yeah, you Jacob, you're at one of those Porter's events. Did that spoiler happen alert. to you? Did you get driven by and yelled at? Uh, no, no, no. So I this was so. this was the first real spoiler culture moment where yeah. people were literally day one release. One Snape of, kills Dumbledore. LOL. We could argue like, you know, going back to like Star Wars or something like that, like Luke, I am your father. That might've been like the original. But the story. internet is coming into its own uh, at this yeah, point. Yeah, the internet is coming yeah. into its own. It's out there. It Everyone might be knew. the first prank culture. YouTube literally had just started. This might be one of the earliest YouTube videos I ever watched was people driving around in parking lots screaming at kids in Harry Potter lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Snape kills Dumbledore, man. Snape that was Dumbledore. the... Uh, I you know I, I I knew people in high school who had signs that said it. Sure, were there Hell midnight yeah. parties. Sure. And now we have Warriors Blue three one lead. So <laughs> <laughs> let's let's back off that for a minute. We'll jump into the books. We'll yeah. jump into the movies. Yeah. We'll talk about do they have a comic presence? We'll talk about the video games. But first, it's been a minute since we've seen each other. How about a whatcha? How you guys doing? Pop culture? What you watching? What you reading? What you playing? Let's start with our guest Jacob. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, you know, I've just been playing this little indie game. It's called Red Dead Redemption. I've uh, heard about that. So have yeah. we yeah. talked about that, I wonder? Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, we talked about it last week. I'm still playing it, still loving still it. Still loving so, it. Uh, yeah. That game is like a hotel. It's best Western. <laughs> um, in terms of, of other things uh, I've been Mike, my eyes glazed over. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, my nose is bleeding. <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry. No, I'm really excited. I've been... Um, so one thing I've been watching... I've been rewatching Narcos on Netflix. Ooh, I'm really excited cool. for that's the a Pika new. Show. I heard that's a Pika show. It is a Pika show, in fact. Uh, the new season, Narcos Mexico, comes out uh, mid-November. I'm very is that excited really for the that. subtitle. That yeah, is yeah. what it's called now. Because the, the well, the the so it's if a you don't know. Narcos is a show. Uh, the first two seasons were about Pablo Escobar and the, his rise in Colombia. The third season was about the Cali cartel, which is the main cartel that took over after his death. And then the fourth season is now going to Mexico. Uh, There's no Pedro Pascal anymore, no uh, the other guy, but there is Diego Luna, who's going to be the new, like, boss, like, like, uh, cartel boss guy. So that's an interesting role for Diego Luna. And uh, Michael Pena is the FBI guy hunting him, or I don't know if he's FBI or DEA or whatever. But um, so, yeah, you got. Two pretty big uh, movie actors, and uh, pretty excited about that. So. Big Disney stars. I mean, you got Michael Pena in uh, the Ant-Man, Ant-Man and the franchise, Wasp. and uh, Rogue One for uh, Diego Luna. 
Yeah, and I love me some Diego Luna, so I'm very excited about that. Kind of playing against type as well, so that should be fun. Yeah, him as a, a villain that's, yeah. uh, or a villainous character. It's a good turn. I was a very big fan of the guy who plays Pablo Escobar in those first two seasons. A yeah. lot of people criticize he's not Colombian. He's actually he's, Salvadorian. He's Brazilian. Or I'm sorry, Brazilian, so, so his accent's not yeah, as Yeah, and especially if you're a Spanish Spanish speaker, it's very noticeable that he has ah. a Portuguese accent. It's Spanish because Spanish is not his first language. But he is a good actor, and if you're not a the look, that's all I care movie, about. As even, a non-native, yeah. yeah, he looks fantastic to me. Mm-hmm. So I do think he does a great me. acting thing. Never realized that thing about the accent because I don't speak Spanish, but I can see that would. It's basically like if a New York mob boss had a British accent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Think about it that way. That's <laughs> a, that's a really good perspective. Hey, what it is? I'm sure so, some people were like, "Oh, that's yeah, not a big deal." That's yeah, my yeah, favorite that's performance in Godfather. Yeah. Right. Right. yeah. Oh. <laughs> But uh, Leave the otherwise gun, a good take the cannoli. <laughs> you come to me on the night of my daughter's wedding. Yeah. <laughs> otherwise, though, a very good performance, and it's a great show. Pedro Pascal, as I said before, love him. Um, that white guy from uh, Logan, the bad guy in Logan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That Western. Guys, Colin here, if I can just jump in next since we're talking yeah. about Netflix shows, can I talk about Castlevania? Oh, you've been watching oh, season two. have not seen season two yet. Scream about Castlevania yeah. for a minute, Absolutely. guys. I love is. season one. Just Did realized you? season two was I'm out. so happy. Joe, you saw it as well, I believe. Uh, you guys yeah, through and it. as a non-anime fan, um, oh, man, this is this is Feels something a little special. Because right? you are a horror fan. Yeah. yeah, I am a horror fan. I'm well, a especially if you know the, game fan. the plot of the games and that kind of yeah. Symphony of Night. If you're a little turned off by the series because you don't like animes, I'm as someone who doesn't really care for animes, I'm telling you to to Well, it's not a true anime. It's a Western animation that is is very anime influenced yeah but what i'm saying is if if that's not really your bag give this one a shot if you like horror or video games please there's so much to love here guys um the history of the lore is so well adapted and respected this might answer the question we did in one of our earliest pods this is the best video game adaptation i've ever witnessed. wow truly Honestly, I love it so better much. Better than yeah. Super Mario Bros. <laughs> it feels better than John Leguizamo and Super Mario. <laughs> and Colin, let me ask you: When you were yeah. a kid, did you realize that Alucard is just Dracula backwards? Yeah. As a kid, <laughs> no. <laughs> but in the love and respect I always had for that character, because he is Dracula's son, Symphony he is a damp mirror, which is a half vampire, half human being. Right. He, of course, hates his father, wants to pervert his name and do it backwards. I fucking love that shit now, yeah. dude. Let yeah. me tell you. And the it's character good. Jacob. He's played by Gaius Baltar. Every time I watch it, I'm like, the voice acting is so fucking good. Um, Interestingly, I think it does sound better, the dub, than the subs. If you guys have listened to the Japanese version, I don't think the voice actors there are bringing it as much. Uh, The guy who plays Dracula, Graham McTavish, in the American version, you might know he played one of the dwarves in The Huntsman. Uh, he's about to play King Atlan, you know, the first Atlantean king in Aquaman coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also plays the, like, bad guy in Preacher, the cowboy who's chasing them down. <laughs> Fucking phenomenal actor. He voices yeah. Dracula. The Japanese dub makes him very boisterous, very loud, very cool sounding. Huh. No, I mean, there is just something so devastating to about Graham McTavish. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. 
scenes in this one where he's just crying and saying, my son, what have I done? And the humanity of all. It's just there. I fucking love it, guys. I love this in season one, sort of the themes of like science versus religion. Ooh, yes. The, it is so well portrayed bad in this too. The religious people. And it's like mm-hmm. that, that, that Especially in a vampire weird. world where religion is always heavily. Yeah. No. Yeah. Alucard so you says. Don't really, you don't usually see like the vampires or like the science ones. Right? Alucard says, my father was a scientist. He's yeah. a man of the world. He understands things that cultures have forgotten a thousand times yeah. over. And it goes back to, you know, when um, back in the olden days when religion, you know, they would kind of sh- see like scientists or like free thinkers or whatever as like black magic. Or oh, the Middle like, Ages you know? when we wiped out <laughs> science completely. Yeah. Totally true. Yep. Um, it's great. I couldn't recommend it more. The main criticism for the first season was the short order. It just mm-hmm. had four episodes, right? No this, one knew. Yeah. We get up to eight. It doubles nice. it. It's great. It rushes it again a little too fast. No spoiler alerts to you guys. I want you to enjoy it. It wraps up things pretty nicely. It has been greenlit for a third season. So you want it to slow down and take its time a little more. Season 7 has probably one of the best fights I've ever seen. If you Google it, it's the, or I'm sorry, Episode 7. If you Google it, it's the first thing that comes up with Castlevania now. People Mm -hmm. love this fight scene so much. I have seen a thousand dubs that are like, if you put this soundtrack from this game over it, it also works. If you do this, it also works. Oh, my God. Oh, you know, it's the animation. I'll just say, See, Trevor Belmont. Oh, in the season one, and I saw so it. It is amped yeah. up so much. Trevor Belmont's whip, the vampire killer, called the Morning Star, which is the final upgrade in this anime version, is not CG animated. It's hand drawn. Oh my god! When something like that, the care that is put into something that freeform moves like that. I mean, guys, I'm just, I'm, I'm crying. My mouth is watering as I'm talking about this beautiful anime. Watch it. Netflix. You so got that on couldn't Netflix. Couldn't recommend you it got more. Narcos on Netflix. This, so this good. This episode is not sponsored by Netflix. <laughs> well, <laughs> and just a huge dump. You know, they just did that Sabrina show too. Netflix. They're popping, Haunting baby. of House Hill. Well, Hill to, House. To keep the Netflix trend going here, I've been going through uh, Daredevil Season 3. Another Ooh, Netflix I haven't original. started it yet. Loving it. Um, slowing down now that I'm over halfway through because I don't want to finish it just yet. Uh, but it's been great. Fucking Kingpin's performance, man. It's it's incredible. And I'll tell you, like, people give Ryan Reynolds and Robert Downey Jr. like, oh, they were born to be Deadpool. They were born to be Iron Man. Charlie Cox was born to be Matt Murdock. His performance as Daredevil is incredible. (laughs) That's the tall order. (laughs) Yeah, a British guy born to be a deaf attorney. I'm sorry, a blind attorney. The Catholic guilt, man. I mean, it's just like seeping out of him. It Mm. is perfect. Excellent. Well, um, I have been playing the uh, game also called... Red Dead Redemption 2. It's very good. I don't need to expand on that. I haven't braided any horse hair. Um, another game I've been playing is called um, Fantasy Football, and I've been kind of getting my butt kicked, oh, so hoping that uh, turns sorry, around. Buddy. Yeah. Well, this week, you're going down. I'm sorry. I, I'm you. playing Jacob this week. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick his butt. Um, and in, I've been watching How to Get Away with Murder on Netflix. Just Ooh. kind of a fun... Uh, running through one of the older shows. Yeah, yeah. We haven't seen it at all. It's, it's, it's very good. Shonda Rhimes, baby. Shonda yeah, she's amazing. She just did a Queen big TV. deal. With Netflix. With Netflix. Oh my God! Brought to you <laughs> by <laughs> Netflix. Yeah. Enter promo code Normies. Um, and then, uh, reading wise, I have not been doing much, but I really have been meaning to jump into that cycle of the werewolf that Colin uh, was nice enough to let me borrow. It's sitting on my computer desk. I want to crack mm, into let that. Me know, buddy. Yeah. And uh, that's it. So we've had a magical time talking about what's going on. You know, should we uh, hop into the books of Harry Potter? You're a wizard, Harry. You're a hairy wizard, Hagrid. <laughs> You're a wizard. <laughs> Thank you.
All right, Normies, we've just hopped on the train at platform nine and three quarters. We are heading to Hogwarts to talk about the books, the phenomenon of Harry Potter. Guys, I got to ask you, what house are you in? You've been to Pottermore? Ooh, you know Ooh. I've been to Pottermore. You know what house I think I'm everyone, in. even casuals, have been to Pottermore at some point because this fandom is so expansive at this point beyond the books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you got the people universe. that grew up with it that are in their late 20s, early 30s. You've got new generations that are discovering it for the first time. So the audience is huge. You've got people showing it to their kids. You know, It was just Halloween. I saw a lot of kids dressed up as Harry Potter. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you, my, my brother's a little older than us. He's, I would say, a generation above. He got the first releases of the book uh, while he was overseas, and it was Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, even for people who were older than Harry, these books were transformative. I mean, America was excited to be reading this British book again. That's true. Is the um, the British invasion on yeah. the literature side. Yeah. And again, it's a compliment. If they weren't written so well, that would not have happened. No. Yeah. You know, they J.K. Rowling was, books. you know, the, there's the a reason they're so the successful. Books. And yeah. like we were saying before, you know, it really spurred a whole new, like, movement of, like, getting kids to read, giving them Harry Potter. The young adult it. fantasy and then from books. there you can move on to other young adult fiction and really the whole young adult fiction industry that we see now kind of spawned out of that. And it was a, it was around before. It was around but never but as it was big. Not, like, you would not have the Hunger Games. Well, think about yeah. something like Goosebumps. They weren't, you know, my dad wasn't yeah. talking about Goosebumps. My dad knows the houses in Harry Potter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is, you know, I mean, is yeah. this one of the most normy things we've covered? I, Joe, that's so funny that you say that. In the shower this morning, I was thinking before we got here, I think, and I say this every episode, but this might be the most normy thing we've ever covered. Well, Star Wars, maybe. That's pretty up there, but there's a lot of niche within that. Yeah. Um, Harry Potter too, though. There's a lot of deep lore. The world mm-hmm. building is what goes so deep. Mm-hmm. It's similar to Star Wars. Like the mm-hmm. world is so well thought out, and that's what separates it from a Twilight or Definitely. Hunger Games. Well, Definitely. and to tie it back to specifically what we're talking about now, the books. That world building is built on the page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all from J.K. Rowling's uh, genius. Some would say her imagination, yeah. right? I mean, think about. I mean, well, when she wrote the first book, I don't think she had the entire. Like, obviously, she didn't have the entire world planned. Neither did George Lucas. Yeah, but she, she makes was, a lot of claims now about what she was keyed into. But no, no, I actually don't. Can think I give she a was, hot take I about think, her okay. right now? As a, as an author, yeah, hot take. Here we go. Uh, the credit she's giving herself for Colin, what you were just saying of like, I knew it all along. I yeah. I knew this all along. Yes, this character was gay. And it's like. Just because people are saying it now and giving you credit for it now, you didn't put it on the page. Like well, you were not brave enough at the time to to do things that forward. Well, I don't know You're about just taking that. credit for it now. Could be. Now that's a fair hot it's, take. It's, though. it's a I've hot heard take. These criticisms. <laughs> no, you you use the word take. brave. I don't think it's brave either. Personally, no, so. I, don't no, think I think it's very like, it's, oh, give I, me credit. I think you're yeah. maybe prescribing things to her that she hasn't said, but. I, I mean, I'm not. Like, she these are, I don't think she called herself brave, though. Oh, God, no. Is no, this no, fake news? Are you calling Joe <laughs> fake news? I will yeah. say, I don't, like, when she wrote The Sorcerer's Stone, I don't think she had the whole world played right. out. But I think part of her genius is that she was able to adapt the world that she had already written, expand it, and make it all fit still and make it all make sense. And I think Goblet of uh, Prisoner of Azkaban really expanded and opened up the world in a huge way mm-hmm. that the first two books didn't do. And I think I find that kind of interesting yeah and again like, i'm not trying to take away any credit from the writing itself like i think she's done a phenomenal job here well let's jump back a little bit i want to know your guys houses that's well, let me what ask i want you to this know. is it profiling because i'm pretty sure 
can't you look at someone and know yeah. what well, Harry Potter the house heroes, they're in? The bad guys, yeah. the well, nerds, and the leftovers. But I mean, even in our world, I have gotten, <laughs> I've gone to college parties where I've said to people, oh, let me guess, you're a Ravenclaw. <laughs> and they're like, oh, how did you? Yeah. And it's just like, you just talk about it, yeah. you know? Well, the, the archetypes of the four houses are pretty broad. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, that's I pretty, would say that. Yeah. I mean, we've all taken the quiz. We've all taken the quiz. Just Let's give go the around. I'll say it right now. Slytherin. Happy and proud. It's what I wanted. It's what I led it towards. I was very excited yeah. to be Slytherin. Wow. Gryffindor. Obviously, I got the hero. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, since it's so easy to tell, uh, Jacob, I think I've told before, but maybe not you okay. guys. What do you think Looking my Ravenclaw. house is? Oh, Ravenclaw or Hufflepuff? One of You're the saying, Whoa. so, so I you know. Ravenclaw, I don't remember I'm what say you said. Gryffindor heroes. Slytherin evil. Hufflepuff dumb. Ravenclaw smart. Well, Hufflepuffs yeah, are just, you think Hufflepuffs dumb? In the first I think they're just Hufflepuff like. Hufflepuff emotional, you know. Kind to a when fault. You yeah. Defining to a yeah. fault. Sure. Yeah. To me, the defining characteristic of the Hufflepuffs is yeah. you don't fit in the other three houses. Yeah. You're just everybody else. So I always thought that Hufflepuff got like the short stick. They absolutely. I mean. Nobody wants to be a Hufflepuff. Helga ex, Hufflepuff. Ex, well, you got to think like, uh, what's his name? Diggory? Cedric Diggory. Yeah, Cedric Diggory was brave. a Hufflepuff, yeah. right? Yeah. He was like fucking kick-ass. Edward they, from Twilight. They yeah. But like their, that uh, character archetype, don't you think he should have been in Gryffindor? Like sometimes they don't really make See, I think every hero should have been in Gryffindor. Yeah. Like, like obviously I got Gryffindor or like, because when I was taking Hermione the test, been in Ravenclaw, like, the smartest yes, girl Yes, I'm a good guy. Joe is saying for Mike Ravenclaw, Mike, I'm looking at you. I'm saying Slytherin. Come to my dark side. Wow. Nope. Joe got it. I was Ravenclaw. Oh, Ravenclaw. He's smart, so man. We got a Ravenclaw. But they're also the Slytherin artsy ones. Jacob, high and five to my Slytherin. You know what brother. I am? Slytherin all Hell the way. Hell yeah, buddy. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> Slytherin all the way. Ravenclaw would be my second choice. I, I took a Facebook quiz once that gave me Gryffindor, though, so I don't know which mm. one to rely on. I don't want to be the Gryffindors be the because the Gryffindors are arrogant and they're goody two shoes. I would want to be Typical Slytherin, Slytherin or. Typical. Ravenclaw, but Slytherin for sure. Slytherin again, you know. What is their defining trait? Because when I think of Slytherin, I think of uh, conniving, backstabbing villains. Yeah, yeah that's, well, that's what the, they are. That's the <laughs> other <laughs> kind of mistake traits. of so. So you know, change my mind. When she made the house is like she didn't put a lot of thought into the archetypes, but it's like every single character in Slytherin is bad in some way. There's never a at least the ones more you interact sympathetic with. Slytherin character. Me, and yeah. I would have loved if there was like a sympathetic Slytherin character. Because mm-hmm. you don't really get that. Yeah, but I mean, again, like she was writing books for fucking children. Right. <laughs> but it's like, like when they designed the, the bad school, guys. they the said, bullies. oh, we'll have one whole house out of, of these bullies. four houses that are the bad guys. Yeah. And then we'll be really surprised when they are the ones behind the bad stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm a teacher on that board who just says, we should kick out that entire house, cut out all the troublemakers. Like, come on. No, but what that's if, what's what great about like, the Wizarding World is always had that darkness to it. Yeah, if, yeah. if you're like they don't uh, shy away from a Hermione type, you know what I mean? Like you're... You're smart and you always follow all the rules and like you, you get down there and the hat goes on your head and the sorting hat's like, Whew, oh my God, Slytherin, put her in Slytherin yeah, now. Yeah, like, oh, what did like, I do? This? Like, well, I was oh, like, you God. know, Umbridge was Slytherin. She was kind of like, uh, oh, was she really? You know, uh, of course she was. She's a bad guy. Yeah. All the bad guys, which is, and you say there's no redeeming bad guys, but like Snape. Yeah. Snape was Slytherin. Snape, but he's, he's redeeming in that he was basically in love with this girl that didn't yeah, feel the same way about him. And that was his but also, I mean, he follows... Like you were a neo-Nazi who fell in love with a Jewish woman, and I was <laughs> yeah. like, I guess it's not that bad, yeah. Well, I mean, he follows... He's a part of Dumbledore's but only original because Voldemort. Circle. Yeah. But the only reason he does anything is because Voldemort kills Harry's mom. 
That's his whole impetus for doing anything good. So you don't think he would do good stuff regardless? No, he wouldn't have. By the law Voldemort of the books, did not he is kill against mudbloods. The girl that he was That's in love right. with. That's true. He's he, from a proper a house. If you guys eater. remember, he's a prince. He's Actually, the now that prince. so the only Slytherin that I can think of that they gave a more sympathetic backstory is Romulus Black, Sirius's Black's brother. I was going to bring him up as yeah, well, Jacob. Who uh, more of a deeper cut of within the plot of the books, but basically he's a he's a Death Eater. Then he decides to leave the Death Eaters. He steals one of the Horcruxes and hides it. And, and following it. these people's expanded stories Are and histories through Pottermore, I would say is the real niche of Harry Potter. Taking yeah. like the these quiz, are the deep normie cuts. learning yeah. those backstories of side characters, yeah. niche. Well, yeah. and can we? I mean, so so we know what houses we're in. There are more levels to the Pottermore quiz, Jacob. I would say you've gone the most niche on this. Yeah, yeah. You, you can, expand there. You can, um, you know, you can get your Patronus. You can get your wand. Your wand, yeah. So I like got what my kind wand. Of wood your wand. I know is what my core shit. is. It's Phoenix core. Yeah, oh, me dragon too, heartstring. Oh, very cool. I got a Phoenix core, but a maple wand. And my hometown in Ohio is known for maple syrup, so oh. I found that very fitting. Uh, yeah. Oh, there you, you go. You can also do your American house for people that care about Illinois. That's neat. Fucking bullshit. Who are their heroes? Because I'll just be that. It's one. truly like it's the, the Thunderbird, the, the Swamp Rat, <laughs> and the Jabberwocky. but isn't that niche? Because the the whole That's movies niche. and stuff are all about like the first the American piece side. was in America and even the the girl in that movie uh, the woman I don't remember her name um, says uh, oh yeah we've got our own school here it's called Ilvamorny and it's way better than then and then uh, fancy boy what's his name is like no way Hogwarts Newt's is like Scamander. so much better than Newt yep. Scamander Newt, <laughs> Newt Scamander yeah but, yeah I mean when we get into the movies we'll talk more about the expanded universe yeah. but for now sticking to the books yeah and maybe we should go through and break down each of the books real quick sure. list the titles and a brief synopsis I'll give you a quick history too of the lady yeah. J.K. Rowling as we know her her real name is Joanne Murray she was 53 or she is 53 she came up with the idea of magical teenagers on the train ride to her job as a researcher for Amnesty International uh, the books were first published in 1997. Uh, at the time, literally, what a bad year for her. Her mother died. She oh. gave birth. She got divorced. She lost her home. So she's living on government funds. She's sleeping in her car. With and, a child. you know, she put a lot of her own life into the character of Harry Potter. Harry Potter's parents were killed when he was a baby, similar to her mom dying. So she's kind of putting her own grief with into the story. Yeah, it's just like we learned in the Stephen King episode, you write what you know. Absolutely. That's what she was doing. Yeah, and she really tapped into something because she's the first YA book to be on the New York Times bestseller since Charlotte Webb, 1952. Which, I mean, we really cannot understate how big the reading boom became for young adults in America. It was so important, guys. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I was already kind of a reader when I was a kid. Like, I was a big reader. I was like a kind of a nerd. But, uh, you know, I read the Redwall series, which is a great series. I love Redwall. You like Redwall? Um, so when these books came out, I was like, this is like right up my alley. I loved them. And uh, yeah. Being yeah. a D&D and a Magic the Gathering boy, like just having something involving magic and spells and like trolls and, you know, that really appealed to me. So it was, and I read all the Tolkien books too. So this is like, yeah, it's an extension of that kind of world. Definitely. See, I, I read the first book. I don't like fantasy stuff all mm. that much. It just, I read it and I was like, that's pretty cool. Not for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. This book is the worst one, too. So. Uh, well, yeah, maybe, sure. maybe like now, because now I could probably speed run through one of those in like yeah. two or three days, right? That's how I re-listen you know, to Audible.com. Yeah, I recently <laughs> yeah. actually got the audio audiobooks and I was listening to them as like a 
ongoing thing that nice. I was Well, know. maybe I'll do that because I I know it's a book that expands upon a year of schooling and maybe this is more of a movie thought but like to me these are like fall time books. Mm. Like mm. Thanksgiving is the time I marathon the movies. Uh, yeah, like maybe now would be a good time to, to jump in and read some of these oh, books. Oh, for sure, yeah. Right, Check it's a good idea. Yeah, so let's get in and see what are these titles here. That, especially we got the, the first one Joe mentioned before called uh, Philosopher's Stone in other countries, but here it is Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, released in 1997, almost called Harry Potter and the School of Magic. It's the first year of boarding school, and a student has a rough year, basically, right? He's the hero, takes over, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Goes into I'm school. different from everyone. He learns I'm about the entire hey, world he didn't know yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, uh, oh, he's a, he's a mud Crossing of the threshold, according to Joseph Campbell's Great exactly. Hero's Journey. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we got the sequel in 1998, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. He's a hero of the school, must prove himself again when people begin mysteriously getting sick, basically, right? Mm-hmm. First, a basilisk is on the loose. Yep. yep, that's never good. No. Uh, the third one, we've got Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, 1999. A psycho's on the loose and craves young boy blood. Don't mind that dog. <laughs> this is my personal favorite mm-hmm. is Azkaban. I don't want to expand too much, but I love this one. This one is one. great, and I think this is where, where it really, for me, it became something more. And I was like, oh, shit, these books are like... The stakes really a good. character yeah. Sirius Black introduces. Yeah. Like, literally... A darker feel to yeah, it. Yeah, you can say... It's a boy at a boarding school who, in the distance, politically, there's a Hitler-esque character who's riling up the country. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty weird. That's pretty scary. But to put in the third book the actual terms of a psychopath has broken into the school who is yeah. killing other people. It's like, yeah, Harry you're like, yeah, the Harry. hero of the book. You're like, oh, Jesus Christ. And he's <laughs> yeah. like the wizarding Jack the Ripper. Like, that's awesome. The outside world is now coming to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. right. And when you look back at these books, you see that... Harry's life is pretty much in danger from the moment he's born and he's just constantly in life-threatening situations as a young child going through the school and it's, it's, it's great. Yeah, you can have the criticism that every year is a new adventure that he overcomes, but Jacob, you're right. I would argue since he was born, every year of his life has yeah. just been terrible. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's the chosen one. He's the, the wizarding Jesus or whatever, so he's, he's constantly you know, at odds with, with other forces. All right, and then we get number four. The fourth book, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. It's the Olympics. No minors. <laughs> yeah, basically. Wizard my personal Olympics. favorite book. I think four is the best book. Three is the best movie. That's my opinion. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, this book is, and this is where they actually started becoming like, you know, two thick. inches thick instead of one inch yeah, thick. Yeah, they were, they were thick. <laughs> oh, she but stopped one, editing. Yeah. yeah, I get paid by the word? <laughs> when, yeah. You know, Prisoner of Azkaban started on the world expanding. This one delve so much more in the outside wizarding world you get like the, a french the wizarding school the government and yeah. you're like what well like, and again and, like this uh, is like this is kind of the point i think where you know everyone makes the claim they grew up with with harry potter but i think this is when she realized my audience is getting older they yeah. gotta get more mature. very true mm, very true sense. joe she and, was writing yeah. for target audience at that yeah, point. well because yeah. think we've gone from elementary school to middle school we're not kids anymore we want boyfriends we want girlfriends I you know like there's drama and sports yeah, yeah there's more teen drama in it and then sports. you know at the end you get you'd see voldemort for the very first time in the oh, books and that's oh, no no is that, fuck but what about on the back of the head of but yeah, you see him on the back returns. of the head, but you see yeah. him fully formed. His physical form. And from this point, I say from the end, like Prisoner of Azkaban is the last kind of um, joyous look into the Wizarding World. The end of um, Prisoner of Azkaban is a total tone shift where they go super dark and everything is just basically terrible for Harry until the end of the books. And it's Yikes. the new the new norm yeah. of the universe. Like, is dark Voldemort and, is back. Not necessarily gritty. Things. It's still fantastical. Yeah. 
But it's it's dark. The it's stakes not go for up. babies anymore. No, it's like no. the death of Cedric Diggory, and they're like, oh shit, these kids are dying. Harry Potter's in real danger, and shit is bad. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. It gets way more serious. Well, then we're talking number five, Harry Potter and the Order of Phoenix, 2003. Goth teacher gives private lessons on how to control your urges while everyone you know joins the army. These descriptions. Colin, these descriptions are like, yep, I remember that. Yeah, I mean, every part of it, that's what it's about. That's when he starts taking the Olamachia classes to control Uh, his dreams. Olsamani, I believe, something like that. Uh, As he's getting invaded by Voldemort, who has returned, the Order of the Phoenix protects uh, Harry. They are an army put together by Dumbledore to protect him, and it deals with prophecies, which I thought was a really cool introduction to that universe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is a, this is a good one, um, but I think this is kind of the the low point between uh, my personal favorite Goblet of Fire and the last two, which kind of wrap up on a big epic. It's a lot of sitting on your hands. This yeah, it's book, like unfortunately waiting for Voldemort yeah. to come back. In this one, he's kind of in hiding and um, passive, not he's, aggressive. He's working secretly within the government, but he's not out in the open yet until the end of this book. Um, but then after that, we have oh, he's got the return, baby. Because guess what? It's number six: Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince. Elderly homosexual and teen set out on a mission to find a ring. Dumbledore dies. Spoiler: Snake kills Dumbledore. Damn you, Alan Rickman. Rest in peace, though. He's yeah, a this treasure. one was great. This is another uh, great book. This is the quest. To me, Harry's taken twist. exactly. Harry's taken classes from the Dumbledore quest. in the background where they are hunting down something we don't even know. Guys, we're going to find out by the end of it that it's something called a Horcrux. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say we're already at uh, you know midnight release parties at the Barnes yeah. and Noble. Oh, hell oh, yeah. Yes. And this yeah. is another one. This one Harry also Potter has a, craze is yeah, in full swing. Movies huge. have been released at this point. Yeah. And this one had a surprising amount, going back and re-listening to them at all, a surprising amount of teen romance drama. Even oh, really? more than... Like uh, Goblet of Fire and Order Phoenix had some too. This one goes all out in the movie too, because um, you've got you know Hermione and Ron developing feelings yeah, for each other. You've and moved beyond the like, well, Harry's the hero and yeah. Hermione's because the girl. Because at this point he's like sixteen, so they're at is that this age, one him so. and Jenny start hitting it off too? Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. Which okay. when we talk to the when we get to the movies, I want to talk about a really weird scene <laughs> with that. I know. What we're okay. About. Yeah. Well, we're going past that one, and you guys do remember the Half-Blood Prince angle of it. It's a mysterious potions book that Harry gets yes, that he has the answers into. And again, as I mentioned before, Snape. he's the original prince child. Snape is the half Which again, while I didn't read these, you know, I, everyone I knew and their mother did, like, being told at the time, like, oh, so I'm reading this chapter where Harry's reading this, and it's like, uh, oh, so you're yeah. reading about a character reading, and you're reading what they're reading while they read it. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty rough. Is, is, is pretty crazy. That's yeah, a never-ending story. You know, she yeah. got the uh, the entire world excited about reading, reading. Yeah, reading yeah. and then reading, reading, yeah. Well, you find out more about Snape's backstory and Snape's relationship to Harry's parents. Yeah, that, that tragic backstory. Can we talk about if <laughs> yeah. that's a tragic backstory real quick? Mm. Or is that more the way the movies portray it you want to get into? Basically, Snape was an outcast loner who was cucked by... Harry's wow. dad. <laughs> Boo! Wait, that got some no, really but, vicious like, reactions. That's funny, though. Vicious that's, reactions, but... That's a funny you know, way to put it. A lot of... Um, that's true. You know, analogs to... He got friend-zoned. Yeah, he got friend-zoned. He got friend-zoned, and he, he joined the alt-right of wizardry. Wow, so because Death of that. Theaters, yeah. Yes. If only um, all this magic and you never gave me a spell. It's, I don't know, something yeah. like that. And um, you had Harry's dad, the cool jock, coming in and saying... 
yo, what up, girl? And then... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was the cool jack of wizard. James school. No, he literally was. He was the quitted Harry star. finds out about this. Like he always thought of his father as like an honorable guy. Then he finds out his father was kind of a jackass and yep. kind of a bully in school. Okay, he but was, here's the thing: was he really a jackass and bully, or are we hearing it from the perspective no, no, you of see some weird memory? To in go memory, with Jacob's side yeah. of it, serious black. Even the way that he kind of talks about it at the end is like, well, yeah, me and James were always up to no good. That's what was cool about us. And it's <laughs> yeah. like, wait a minute, yeah, it's like <laughs> meeting your with dad. Harry, but high school friend. Harry's yeah, a super like, nice guy oh, no. to everybody. Whereas, you know, his dad was kind of a bully and bullied Snape. And yeah. so did Sirius. And Snape, yeah, he was like an outcast loner loser. But, um, you know, you know, these kind of people get pushed to things. And, you know. Yeah. If only they all had detention together they could have realized they have more in common. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're saying Muggles order, breakfast. I think that's fairly tragic. You're saying Order of the Phoenix it, was kind of a slog for you. Half-Blood Prince, when I was reading oh, really? this as a kid, I remember thinking, this one held up better I know what Deathly Hollows is. Like, let's Phoenix get did. to it. Yeah. yeah. So let's get to uh, the let's Deathly Hollows, the big finale. Number seven, Harry Potter Deathly Hollows 2007 wraps up the series. It's high school dropout and friends can't seem to leave school behind, must finish saving the world. Man, these log lines are just amazing. <laughs> well, if you guys remember, in number six, he drops out of school, says, I've got to go and finish That's what right. Dumbledore started. I have to destroy the Horcruxes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is my mission. I don't need wizard school anymore. And this book I'm already great. the best. Uh, we'll talk about yeah. it more in the movies. This is like one of, also one of my favorite movies was Deathly Hollows Part 1 because Ooh. I just love the the atmosphere of it and they're just kind of hiding out in the woods. It's a and, slow burn. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to get into it now, but I agree with you and we'll, yeah. we'll talk more about that. When yeah, we're definitely. Here is my issue as a reader in this universe. Number six, we destroy one Horcrux. We get the gaunt ring, right? <laughs> number seven, here's the rest of them. Oh, yeah. and number well, seven, so here's here, five yeah. more. We had seven books to fucking put this through. Yeah, things go so I, badly I, for him for yeah. so long. And we didn't even know they existed. I just don't I mean, do even understand why yeah, we couldn't pepper this through. It feels to me the MacGuffin aspect of it is rushed. I don't think the the climax is, yeah. but to throw in this stuff at the end of like, and also there's these three things called the Deathly Hollows. You've always had one. It's the invisibility cloak. And here's the Elder Wand. It's going to be very and important, well, but it's only in this book. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, she had a lot of um, kind of MacGuffin explaining to do in this one. Yeah. But you also get a speech from Dumbledore in the sixth book, Half-Blood Prince, where he talks about how he made a lot of mistakes with raising Harry basically and not telling him certain things. And so now after he dies, Harry's getting all this information that Dumbledore was kind of holding Hiding back from building him to up protect throughout him. the world. Yeah. yeah but Dumbledore right. was trying to protect him, but made a mistake. And yeah, so Harry has to do a lot of figuring things out for himself in this one. Could have been three Horcruxes. Which, uh, which that's what I'm saying. Mike. Yeah. Thank you. It's a bit excessive. <laughs> it doesn't need to be. <laughs> I split uh, my soul. Especially if you're going to seven is the wrap the them all magical, up in one book. Has special magical yeah, properties. Must, in the number, must. So. Yeah. Okay, so you know Dumbledore is dead at this point. That is what it is. We've moved past it. What death in the the finale here hit you the hardest? Oh, my favorite character, Remus Lupin. Mm, that's taken super out. Sad. He's oh. the dark arts teacher who's also a werewolf. He's killed. The sad part of it is also his lover Tonks is killed. Yeah. So their child but Teddy their child, is just yeah. left to be raised by the new someone Harry else. Potter, exactly. I mean, that really. just bums I'll me out. I'll say two yeah. things. One, going back to book five, I wanted to mention the saddest death for me in the whole series is Sirius Black dying. Oh, yeah. Um, and we didn't mention that yet. That's super sad. Basically, Harry loses We're having every... a good time, aren't we, Harry? Ooh. The, the theme yeah. throughout Harry Potter is Harry losing every parental figure that he ever has throughout the entire series. Wow. His parents when he was a kid, Sirius, Dumbledore, Dumbledore. Lupin, 
Everybody dies around here. That lines up with J.K. Rowling. You always got me, yeah. though, Harry. <laughs> Hagrid! Um, <laughs> he does have Hagrid. But get yeah. back to the shit. I think the saddest can never live with me because I'm like one. a slow-witted guy who yeah. lives in the woods. I don't, I don't get to live on the grounds, none. <laughs> but yeah, Jacob, you're <laughs> Deathly Hollows, um, the saddest death for me in the finale had to be uh, the Weasley twin that dies because oh, I love the Weasley twins. Man. I, I believe really it's identified George, that right? them yeah. as kids. I think it's George. We snake um, But I love both of them, and I was like, oh no, one of them dies, and the other one has gets to live. A but phantom to... limb for the rest of yeah. their life. I mean, that is dark. So that's rough. Yeah, that's rough. that that and also yeah. Okay, sorry. No, no, I'm with you. That that was mine. You snaked it. There was um, <laughs> a, a stat that I read, or you know, like a factoid. That like the only time they saw each other as old men is when they drank that potion that one time. Oh, oh. Mike! And then that's it. And that's so sad Damn. to me. So that's why that is my saddest death. Yeah. The, the Weasley twins. That's a good one. And I love them as characters. I really identify. They're yeah, great. Fred they get the George. Marauders map. They're the, yeah, the yeah. you know. I always like them more than Harry and his friends. I was like, can we just like hang out with Fred and George? Like, we say that if we're talking prequels, I would love to see James Potter's old crew. You said uh, that Sirius is your favorite. I loved Remus. Uh, I love all those guys. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Back in Black. Harry. Yeah. Prodder. I've been to mention Joe, a couple. Favorite death? Oh, sorry, oh sorry. Joe, favorite death? Oh, I'm mostly just listening. I didn't yeah. read the book. I only saw the mm-hmm. movie. So. Oh, Some that's other right. super sad deaths in Deathly Hollows. You got Hedwig dying. You got Dobby dying. Oh, Dobby, yeah. I would say, is one yeah. that, you know. His first like, and last words oh. are Harry Potter. Yeah. And Hedwig dies protecting Harry when they're escaping in the very beginning. Damn. Uh, just fucking sniped off, man. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty so fucking it's like, brutal. oh, Hedwig's dead. You're yeah. like, oh, shit. Wow. Yeah, it's like, what? I remember like I when people went one. to the Midnight Release, that was the first real thing that they had to say the next day. It's right. Because like, that happened. Oh, Hedwig died. Because it happened so fast yeah. that it's like, you know, it's like when you start a video game, like the first you know, Is your companion. thing that happens that you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. And like people have a lot of affection for the pets, you know, and. Hedwig. Obviously, I mean, you've seen this thing grow up with him, really. Like, yeah, Hedwig brought forever. him the first letter. You know, it's great. Uh, Colin, what's your saddest death? Oh, I oh we hit him. I'm sorry, oh, he said. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's right. We've gone that's around right. the table. All right, all right. So let me jump in on this though. We'll keep moving forward with the books. How about the supplementary material? So Fantastic Beasts was published. It yep. was just a little compendium that you know, and it existed in world. Yeah, I owned, too. I owned it, yeah. the two. So they had two small little books. Fantastic Beasts was one of them. The other was Quidditch Through the Ages. Mm-hmm. And they had little... Um, it was cool because they had little drawings in them too. They were basically like textbooks. Yeah, they, they, like were, textbooks. they were real textbooks released in the Harry Potter universe that, that were then repurposed yeah. as They were great. They were super fun. So cool. um, I like enjoyed those. A yeah. D&D monster's manual of yeah. Harry Potter creatures. But I mean, it's, right? it's an interesting point that like Fantastic Beasts, yes, it's a movie franchise and we're watching all this from the perspective now, but like that's a textbook that Harry yeah. reads. It is a book in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. That's part of his supplemental um, education, right? Yeah. Well, how about this? The last big publication for it then. Mm. We got to talk about it. It's the play Harry Potter and the Cursed Child 2016. This is co-written with J.K. Rowling, so mm-hmm. completely in canon. Yep. It concludes how much the future of the series. Uh, who knows? <laughs> See, this is another thing where it's like... This this one has gotten a lot of bad reactions. So my little sister, who is obsessed with Harry Potter to the point where at her wedding, you know, her groom is coming out with a lightsaber, she's coming out with a wand, 
loves this. Wow. Oh, this. <laughs> that is a real uh, Normies Like Us wedding. <laughs> That's yeah. great. Yeah. That is great. Yeah. Uh, this, you know, it's it's so, it's got so much conflicting material. It talks about the future in a way where you're like, oh, I, this, this isn't kind of where I wanted to see For these me, characters it's like a bad up. fan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a band fan, but it's not a fanfic. It's written by But it's co-written. Her. Like, it's written by two other people. So those are the fans, I think. Sure, but yeah. she could have vetoed anything at any point. We yeah. didn't need to see little baby Harry Potter going back at it as a Slytherin. No. Well, let me like ask you this. It's written as a play. Do you guys know anything about it? I have not read it, but I know the basic I have not read it, but I have had my little sister angrily yell the plot at me <laughs> because she... Yeah. Uh, was not necessarily crazy about all the things they did either. Yeah, I know the she was in London points. when the play was going on. Uh, and I have no interest in seeing like it. Every day. Definitely or never seen it. it. It's about no. time travel and alternate realities. Yes, yeah. and it's Harry's kids, Harry and Snape's kids. Harry's. Or not Harry's. Harry, and, <laughs> Harry and Malfoy's That's a kids. different fanfic. <laughs> That's a different, uh, yeah. No, no but it Harry, stars so, Albus Dumbledore. You know, you see in the prologue of the last book, you see, you know, Harry and Ginny end up together, Hermione yep. Ron end up together. Draco has a son now, so it's about Named the Scorpius. era of, yeah. <laughs> And Good naming. Al, Albus, uh, Albus Severus yep. uh, Potter goes by Al in the, in this play, I guess. So. Yeah. I mean, Sirius it's literally Potter, just showing. Older brother. I, I feel like the epilogue was written to be like, and see, everything's a circle. Yeah. Like, Times a flat circle. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like we're going back. Harry Potter's taking his kids. Yeah. It's all the same. They're worried about the sorting hat. Right. Yeah. But we didn't and need to this, see this time travel. What aspect. his kids are doing in school. Yeah. Like, well, they're right. traveling through time and, and getting different perspectives on how yeah, they feel yeah. about their their role models. Now, do you guys know the thrust of the con? Conflict, who is the character that puts all of the other students in jeopardy? Yes. She is a fellow student at uh, Hogwarts at the moment. What child could she be? Voldemort's. Yes. Wow. It's about, yeah, Voldemort's project is riddle. like trying to bring him back. Anyways. I mean, that's an interesting hook. I mean. Yeah. That's probably the more niche stuff, guys. If you didn't catch this play, right. uh, it was, of course, a bestseller. You know, we should argue J.K. Rowling has had a ton of successes in the writing world. This was one as well. But, mm. boy, not received as well. No. Not by, I think, diehard fans. Because whenever you try to go forward and explain things that it's like... The whole, the whole point, I think, of Harry Potter is that you, you read them and you grow up with them as a kid. And your future could be anything. And Harry Potter's future could it's be anything. It's all a mystery. So to have it be like, oh, and this is everything that happens. It's like, oh, well... Not my version of Harry Potter. Yeah. My yeah. version of Harry Potter is doing things like I'm doing. Do you well, guys, that's the Star Wars problem. And also, problem. I think the the original series, the original book series, is such a self-contained story that it's like Voldemort's dead. Do we really need to see like you know what Harry's children? Let's see some other children that you know could be set in a different time period or whatever. Or let's not see anything and just let it be. It was a great. Well, thing. I think. Well, how do we make money? I don't know. <laughs> I I disagree. I think there. I think there's plenty of spinoff potential within the wizarding world. Of Harry I just Potter. don't think it needs to be related to the main yeah. Harry Potter story yeah. as much. Yeah, it's um, that's like the Star Wars thing. People are pissed off that like you know the, the yeah. Skywalker family is not at the really. center, right? And well, I'm that's, my, that's my argument seeing... that they shouldn't be because everyone does not have to be related to the original characters in the story. Let's see some other characters in that same universe. Which is what we're getting in the movies now with Fantastic Beasts yeah. and where to find their uh, franchises. And <laughs> I think that a lot of what we're going to be talking about regarding the books, because the plots do stay fairly true, we can kind of roll this over into the movie section. They've been huge smash hits, and there's a new one coming out in a... Next week? Uh, on Friday. From, yeah. From as the a, time yeah. this is Super excited to see it. So I did want to mention that in the books, there's some themes running throughout the series that 
I think are kind of interesting in terms of um, for young young adult fiction, especially um, touching on these themes. So obviously you have the the allegory of the Death Eaters being like the Nazis or the KKK, and you get that whole allegory with Voldemort being the wizarding Hitler, etc. Touches a lot on racism, anti-Semitism, Muggleism, Muggles, you know. right? The other theme that I think is really interesting in the books is the anti-authority that's going throughout the series. So Harry and his friends, they, uh, you know, they're always not obeying breaking the rules they're always breaking the rules they're always going off doing their own thing taking flames into even the library teachers. yeah even people they respect like dumbledore they'll say uh eh, we're gonna do our own thing anyways but they're as we find out dumbledore's hiding things i mean yeah. like you can't really trust but we also find yeah we also find out that even adult characters that we see as wise make mistakes and people are not perfect and so J.K. Rowling has a really strong theme of not just listening to an adult or an authority figure because they're in a fig, you know in a position mm, of power. I like that. But Think going with yourself. your own gut. Yeah. And the other thing is, so in the later books, um, there's the newspaper and the government who are actively trying Propaganda to smear machines. Harry and Dumbledore and all that stuff because they're secretly infiltrated by Voldemort. So it's just saying you can't trust the press, you can't trust the government, you can't trust your school. You know, so you got to really trust relevant yourself to now. So God. and that's something that's gone throughout, you know, her whole series. So which is, kind of you know, interesting to point out that like J.K. Rowling is uh, politically outspoken. She's yeah. a even even though she's not an American, she's very anti-Trump and, mm-hmm. and constantly on Twitter in beefs with uh, fans who are like, right. why don't you stay out of politics? And she's like, why don't you fuck off? <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> Which I, I really wrote, respect about her. Yeah. I wrote, you know, a, a very, very popular book series that has very heavy political themes in it. Don't you think that, you know, gives me some kind of perspective on things? But no. Very true. You know, and people are saying, oh, I used to love your books. Now I'm going to burn them or whatever. It's like, well, yeah. you still people were burning like, the books I from the beginning. To, uh, I don't want to quote the tweet because I can't remember it exactly. But like you were just saying, there's a great moment where someone was like, I, you know, I just burned all your series. And she was like, well, you still bought it, you <laughs> dumb piece of shit. <laughs> right. So it's yeah. like, I, I really do respect her uh, her political beliefs. And uh, Jacob, I think those themes are, yeah. are admirable I think challenging and good for young people. You know, not just listening to some, just because you read something in the news or you read something online or someone in the government tells you something, doesn't make it true, doesn't make it right. You should listen to your instincts and your gut. Don't take what you're given. Go get what you're worth. Yeah. And if it sounds like something you already agree with, just blindly go with it. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think in their world they have fake owls? Oh, that oh. owl wasn't supposed to bring you that. That's well, fake owl. Well, because the Daily Prophet, which is the yeah. um, fake newts. newspaper, uh, was based off of... I thought you were going of, with the owls with drones. <laughs> oh, um, God. So the Daily Prophet was based off the Daily Mail, who uh, is a, it was a very popular tabloid in England. And which J.K. is Rowling why all the headlines a, are sensationalized. Yeah, because J.K. Rowling has also had a years-long beef with the, da- with the Daily Mail because they wrote you know certain things about her. And she said, well, that's not true. Blah blah blah. So that was basically, you know, fake so news. If you want writing to write what that. she knows, sure. yeah. And that's also not necessarily any of anyone's business. I mean, Stephen yeah. King has done a great job, as we talked about in his episode, of like keeping his private life private. Yeah, the because Rita of the success of Harry Potter, she had a really difficult time, right? Getting and people away are write, from writing that. things about her, like divorce and all that stuff. Yeah, like. which is like bullshit, and yeah. like you know, an author of a child's book should not be going through right. that in the press. And yeah. the the character of Rita Skeeter is a great takedown of like that kind of tabloid journalism, which. Yeah. yeah, it's really that's great. I never put that together until today. That's really cool. Yeah, well, that's why we got Jacob on the cast. He's takes. the Harry Potter expert. <laughs> He's the Harry Potter oh, expert. Yeah, baby. He's yeah. working his magic on the themes. I uh, think, but overall, I think it's a good influence on kids. Like, you know, 
yeah, I think it's great. All kids read Harry Potter. Be... If I had kids, I would it'd be like one of the first books I showed them. I'd be like, read this. You know. I, I would feel comfortable saying everyone I know has at least read some Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. My my yeah. parents, my yeah. younger sisters, my older brother, oh, yeah. me, my friends. I mean, I think everyone has at least given this a shot, whether it's for them or not. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And if you haven't read the books, you've probably seen the movies. So let's go ahead and jump over and talk about a lot of the themes and things that carried over from the books to the movies of the Harry Potter universe. Let's do it. Wingardium Leviosa. All right, normies, you know, we just finished potions class, but I got a little bit of time here if the staircase ever finishes rotating. So I just want to talk with my buddies about the movies of the Harry Potter universe. The paintings yeah, are yeah. looking at me. I'm a little thrown but off, you know but let's go for it. I was going to say, I can't get back into my bedroom because <laughs> I, I forgot. fucking forgot I'm it. Yeah. <laughs> I think somebody might have hexed me. So Do you guys think if you were in this universe, you'd probably be the Neville Longbottom of it all? <laughs> I probably would. No, I would be <laughs> Snape. I would I be. Mean, I would be Malfoy. You'd be Snape. Either or, <laughs> you would be Voldemort. Malfoy. I keep calling Malfoy. You'd be Snape, a fancy I would be boy. Malfoy. I, think. I would be Neville Longbottom. <laughs> I would be Luna. I'd just be a fucking weird. You dude. Would. You'd be a weird. Dude yeah, just, just, hanging, uh, out just hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Luna Lovegood. Yeah, I mean Luna Lovegood. <laughs> Loved Luna Lovegood. Yeah, I was into her in the movies. I'm not quite that yeah. weird, but maybe I'd be like one of the yeah. one of the Weasley twins, kind of mischief. Yeah. I could yeah. be doing that. Just doing bad guy stuff in the background. Not, with a good not bad guy stuff, <laughs> just, goofy yeah, stuff. Yeah, but it's just a prank, bro. Yeah, it's just a prank, bro. Yeah, you know, See, I'd be having me, fun. I, I wouldn't be taking it too seriously. They're they're Gryffindor sure. because their whole family is Gryffindor or whatever. But they should have been Hufflepuff. Yeah, oh, the pranksters. Sure. They're fun. They're yeah, lighthearted. Oh, yeah, the yeah. Weasleys, the, the twins. Weasleys. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, like Hermione, should have been Ravenclaw, like the smartest yeah. girl in school. But she's willing to put others before her, her and get uh, you know bad grades if it means yeah. saving the world. But I'm writing these books That's and true. I need them all to share scenes together, <laughs> so they're all going to the they same. They need to be in the comments. My, my other hot take <laughs> yeah. about the Harry Potter series is that Hermione, if if Harry listened, every time Hermione said something, if her if Harry listened, his life would have been so much better. Hermione is always right in the books, and Harry is almost always wrong. So, should we get a T-shirt made that just says Hermione was right? Hermione I'm just saying. Right. I'm just saying. You know, maybe that's why. You know, so J.K. Rowling. Is this wrote another it, one of her themes? Literally, Hermione figures out everything before. Listen to the smart people around you. <laughs> right. All right, guys. Let's talk movies because we have seven books and eight movies. Seven books, eight movies. That's the only difference, Mike. Is that the last one is split up in two. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to repeat the titles. I'll just take them down and tell you the directors real quick. The first one, Christopher Columbus, 2001. He also does the second one as well. They're kid movies, right? Yeah, yeah. Kid very movies. Much so. uh, Friday, uh, straight from school to the movie theater for me. Ooh, yeah, they wow. were. And I think uh, you know Christopher Col- Chris Columbus. He was the right director for those kind of movies. Home Alone, the writer of Home Absolutely. Alone. It's like, come on. I will say, and these were for kids. I mean, yeah. you know, they were they were light. I will say, Chamber of Secrets is my least favorite, and it's the last movie where they tried to adapt every single thing from the book into the movie. And it's the longest movie in the series. Is it really? Yeah, it is. Besides super the one they bloated. cut in half. Yeah. yeah, it's it's like two and a half hours long. It's super bloated. They try to stick every and single yeah, thing from the book. And there's so a long. chess match at the end, right? No, yeah, no, that's, that's the, the first, first movie. One. That's the climax see, of the first movie. The, this is the basilisk. Uh, yeah. um, 
But after that, they started cutting things out, and some people are like, "Oh, they cut this and this from the book." This that isn't I like. right. But I if need they fit this. every single thing, yeah. the movies would be like four hours each, so they couldn't do that. And same thing people said about Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Sure, yeah. but so but many people in that. my life have come up to me to tell me about House Elves human rights, where I'm just oh, yeah, like, yeah. "Sweep it under the rug, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Sweep it under the rug. Do not need it." Yeah. Oh, Dobby. <laughs> so we're talking number three. We're talking Alfonso Cuaron, guys. Mm. The best movie mm. in the franchise. I agree. 2004. Masterpiece. He's convinced. Gary Oldman? <laughs> the spicy meatball. <laughs> okay, just because you said it, Joe. Gary Oldman, is that maybe the best casting Amazing. in the universe? Oh, come Amazing. on. It's Daniel great. Radcliffe, I mean, they would have a very argumentative, uh, combative relationship on set where Gary Oldman would really? constantly push him and say, mm. Dude, no, no, no. Like, go all out. Like, you need to do this. You need to do this. Like, come on. Feel it. Really feel these scenes. And Daniel Radcliffe would say, if I didn't act with him, I wouldn't be the actor I am today. Yeah. Like, Gary Oldman is so good great. at just pulling say, it out of you. Is, is Gary Oldman not a fucking master of disguise? Too? Oh, he's great. Like, People Sirius say Black, Daniel Day-Lewis and that thing, kind of thing. Gary Oldman no. can disappear into a role. And yes. he doesn't take fucking four years off between yes. movies. Yeah, Gary Oldman. So cool. Gary Oldman, actor of our time. Professional, say, yeah. Batman... He's a fucking man. Yeah. Gary Oldman, great casting. My other favorite casting from the movies is got to be Alan Rickman as Snape. Oh, Again, yeah. Another, you know, I, I mean, he, you. Hans Gruber, but yeah. like another actor who, you know, as, as people who live in LA, we see uh, actors trying to make it. I mean, I'm sure we all know them. Um, Alan Rickman didn't come into his own until he was in his 40s. Yeah, like like that yeah, role was so fucking good. But I mean, but yeah. that serious black not feeling comfortable in your skin, you know. I mean, he right. is fucking good. But Alan Rickman oh. as Snape, like that's what you imagine when you see yeah. Snape in your mind. Now, maybe it wasn't. He when even you first looks read like it, he's, he's drawn on the covers. Yeah, and, yeah. Stuff, and the way he and talks, little chapter prints, kind of like book. draw that he has, like. Mm, perfect. Potter. Mr. Fascinator. Mr. Potter. Uh, should we talk about the lore behind that? Uh, so supposedly when he was first offered that role in the first film, Sirius Black was not the developed character that we knew because they only had a couple books at that time. J.K. Rowling wrote him a letter that said, I promise this you this is where I'm going. This is a special character this universe. Please consider it. Wait, yeah. for Snape, not... For Snape. Oh, okay. You said Sirius really? Black. So I oh, I apologize. No. So, yeah. so that I mean, was the whole for Alan Rickman. She for was that Snape. passionate yeah. about mm-hmm. him? Wow. wow. I mean, yeah, Snape's Big a hugely important character, and if you just see the first movie or the first book, you don't realize it yet. Just a jackass. This thing is an asshole yeah. teacher, right? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it a little later into this section, but... Those insights from her uh, to to write Alan Rickman a letter. I mean, she's writing mm. the screenplays for these these new Fantastic Beasts. Right, yeah. She's definitely got she an not eye write the screenplays for, for these book adaptations. No, no, no she's but writing she's the writing the screenplays Fantastic for books, yeah. Fantastic. And technically, if we're just going down that avenue, she's not even a contributing producer. She's, of course, an executive producer through development, but she's not even a contributing producer. No, she's literally just until oh, the check. final part mm. two. She wow. actually started working with But she did have some say of like who they picked for director and stuff mm-hmm. like she was she yeah. wanted Alfonso Cuaron. She actually wanted uh Guillermo del Toro before they cast Alfonso Would Cuaron. So then Alfonso cool. Cuaron didn't want to do it originally and then Guillermo del Toro told him he should do it. Alfonso Cuaron called it baby material. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. But then Guillermo del Toro the told gravity him to do of it. that statement. Tur- uh, <laughs> but I also wanted to mention another casting thing. Um obviously you have the two Dumbledores, you have Richard Harris as That's the first right. Dumbledore and then you have Michael Gambone. A lot of people prefer Richard Harris. Of course, he died. Um, Tragically, you know. Yeah, but um, he, he didn't want to originally do him because that was not the kind of character that he was known no. for. 
But then his granddaughter told him, if you don't do this movie, I'm never going to talk to you again. And then he decided to do it. So, <laughs> oh, that's fun fact. Great. Viggo Mortensen, um, same thing. He didn't care about Lord of the Rings. His son said, we got to do it. And he did it. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk a little about, since since we're on casting, the, the original kids. Yeah. I mean, can we talk oh, about really how lucky. we watch Can yeah. you believe how that You know, out? Emma, what's her name? Emma Watson. Watson. Emma, Watson Emma Watson. Daniel Radcliffe. I think Daniel Radcliffe. Rupert Grint. Rupert Grint. We yeah. watched these kids grow up on screen, That's man. exactly they were, yeah. they got really babies. lucky with the original casting that they grew up so well. Yeah. Daniel Radcliffe, I don't think he's a great actor. Um, I think the best actor by far of the original three is uh, Emma Watson, mm. but... He fits the role really well. Yeah. And they're all yeah. doing fascinating things now. Like Daniel Radcliffe was in a lot of hot water, I guess, 10 years now. For smoking uh, cigs and walking dogs? <laughs> did Equus. For, for, yeah, for fucking a horse. Equus, um, yeah. Uh, Equus. He's done some weird indies and stuff. He's done some weird indies. Woman in Black, which was another yeah. like Swiss Army movie. Man Swiss recently, Army though. Man. Swiss yeah. Army Man, big role. I can't believe um, Jacob's saying he doesn't like him. I like him in everything I've seen him in. I, he's better in... He's, He's not great in some of the Harry Potter movies. He's not great in the first three Harry Potter movies, yeah. or two Harry Potter movies. Now hearing that, like, Gary Oldman basically pushed him <laughs> to the edge, yeah. I can see it, man. And his, some, of his, some of his later shit, and also his choices. Like, Swiss Army Man, for the guy who played Harry Potter to so be like, cool. I'll be a corpse who makes fart yeah. jokes. Like, that's <laughs> that's fucking bold. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rupert Grint bought, Black. He bought a... Uh, ice cream truck and just yeah, like cruised around <laughs> yeah uh, he, he bought an ice cream truck yeah, and just like gave shit out he was like the weird yeah. i mean he was the weasley you know yeah, yeah and emma watson was you and know the, watson, the hollywood darling hollywood yeah. darling who hated being harry potter but is uh or in harry potter um but now she's she's got a bunch of humanitarian work under her belt let me ask you guys this i have some british friends female friends who say some they mates. take some mates they take umbrage with the fact that uh, Emma Watson is a, as attractive as she is as Hermione. If you remember in the books, yeah, specifically, right. the big detail is teeth, her wild hair and hair. her uneven teeth. Yeah, well, I mean, in the first can't. movie, in the second movie, she has the bushy hair. In later movies, they like they straighten, straighten the her shit hair out and of make it. Much <laughs> yeah, shit. well, they also yeah. can't help that like she. She grew, she grew into just, an attractive woman. Yeah. <laughs> like, like they cast a little. Oh, girl. I can spot a fugly kid. I could cast a fugly kid. <laughs> well, they cast <laughs> Neville Longbottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, want, they want they want Hollywood the fugly. Man not in yeah. 2011. Yeah. So you try as you might, you're gonna you might end up with a really yeah. Handsome. I bet they did up, try. You know? Well, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, it's still a Hollywood blockbuster. They don't want to cast ugly kids. But she was supposed to have the buck. They gave her the frizzy hair, like Jacob said, for the first two. You know, and after that, and also, like, if you go back and watch Sorcerer's Stone, her personality is totally different in the first movie she's much more bossy much more like yes but these are also like when you tell a little kid and i think they were phenomenal i'm yeah. not trying to knock them at all yeah. but when you say like your character is a bossy little girl You're she's gonna smart. be like okay be i'm gonna be bossy and smart like right, those are the yeah. two they definitely uh, got more subtle yeah, that yeah. yeah yeah as she got older she yeah. was a better actress um that makes sense to me definitely. i think the casting though top to bottom is solid i mean really good the you know George and the you know the Weasley brothers mm-hmm. and um, and the J.K. Rowling had a rule that she wanted only British actors cast in the entire series. There's no American actors in the entire false. series. Is that false? Vern Troyer plays uh, the 
Oh, one of the gnome. small teachers. Oh. No, the guy in the, the banking. Uh, it lets him into the fucking library or whatever. Okay, well, maybe for specific they dubbed his voice. Jacob, I have but heard you're that because right. studios that. Yeah. went against her when mm-hmm. she wanted Robbie Coltrane to play Hagrid. They said, what about Robin Williams? And she said, like, guys, no. I need British can UK you imagine actors. Robin Williams um, Hagrid, can I get really like imperialistic on it for a second? I respect the shit out of that, and I yeah. wish that Americans would follow that more often. Because ah. the well. fact that like... Half the Marvel, All half the Marvel universe British. is not American. <laughs> that they're like, British guys. Kills me. Like, like the fact yeah. that Spider Man, a kid from better Queens, actors coming is out of not England a, a kid America. from Queens. Kind of, kind of kills yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. The fact that That's Christian true. Bale was the best Batman for a long time, and he's not even American. Like, I would, I, I really admire the like. No, they're British stories. They're British characters. I want them to be played by British actors. That's pretty fucking. Yeah ballsy of her to and the do. studios complied and, and that the studios complied and we should mention we haven't talked yet these are all warner brothers movies which is right. currently warner Definitely. brothers biggest property even yeah. though they own dc comics i mean they shit the bed with dc so hard that God, all they've got Joe, left is harry upsetting. potter you're yeah. right <laughs> oh there are three museums honored to harry potter on yeah. the lot alone there are only a handful of Batman. Yeah, when things. I did the studio tour, like the two big things were Batman and and Harry Potter. Harry Potter. And that's yeah, it. Those dope miniatures that they use for the castles and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they yeah. look dope. And like, if you go to London, like my uh, my my brother and and my sister, both my sisters, I think, have been to the big museum in London where you mm. can see everything. I mean, wow. it's it's really yeah. a monument to filmmaking what they accomplished. Mm-hmm. And to go back to casting for a minute, like obviously, you know. 100% or almost 100% British or UK actors. Yeah, yeah, Irish 99.9%. Almost every big actor that you can think of out of England, like in the last 30 years, has been in Harry Potter as one role or another. You got, you know, Helena Bonham Carter, you got, you know, Gary Oldman, you got a million different people. One of my favorites that we haven't even mentioned, David Tennant, Doctor Who as Barty Crouch oh, yeah. Jr. Yeah. Is so fucking good. One. Even young Tom Riddle is related to actual Voldemort. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like his cousin or yeah. something. His young nephew, Tom Riddle, who's go yeah, on to be in Fear the Walking Dead. Oh, I, I don't watch that. Show, so that's crazy. He was <laughs> right. the heroin actor. I'm going to keep moving with the movies here, Let's though, guys. It. Number four, directed by Mike Newell. This is the first PG-13 movie in 2005. And this is the rise of Robert Patterson as uh, before he, Yeah, before Twilight, before, before he become... was anybody. And they said, ooh, who's this guy? Let's cast him in Twilight. Did you know like, contrarian girls who during Twilight would say, well, I liked him better in Harry Potter? Yes, yes I did. I did, <laughs> I did. as well. Yeah. Did you know contrarian girls who were like, well, his music is really what you Oh, no. But. He's oh, like a folk singer. Can I say that Robert Pattinson is another one of those kid actors who grew up, started making really interesting choices, and is in like a lot of good movies now, and I really like respect him as an actor. Hell yeah. He was in this movie called Good Time. Super recommend. So good. How about The Rover? Have you seen that? No. Yeah. It's oh, so good. Wild. Yeah, I've not seen any of these. All right. These all right. are all smaller bands. You know, the this other like, oh, Twilight girl, Edward. too, also doing interesting things. Oh, so. yeah. Now, how about Order of the Phoenix? This is the first one, 2007, directed by David Yates. And guys, going yes. forward here, even up into Fantastic Beasts, he's directing he's, the rest he's of the He's the Harry man. Potter yeah. director yeah. now. Um, this movie was fascinating for me because I saw it. Um, the books were over at this point. Oh, yeah, definitely. We are at a point where the books have all been released. Um, I saw this movie at midnight because these became midnight releases when I was of age. Um, there was no Star Wars at that time. No, no, no. I saw, so I saw it at midnight. Got out around three thirty. Got on a plane at four thirty to come to L.A. to visit my brother. Oh man! And it was like, oh, this is crazy. We got to L.A. 
that morning we went and saw the movie at the Chinese Grauman Theater. Oh wow! So I saw that movie twice in twenty four hours. Nice, oh. nice. Order wow. the Phoenix, and that was uh, that's Umbridge, right? That's her first uh, yes. undertaking. That's where she the takes Umbridge over. Really, where, really uh, good stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she's a great villain. Not my most favorite of the movies, but no, mine neither. And then in two thousand nine, we've got the Half Blood Prince, also David Yates. This movie, heavy on the teen romance. If you remember mm, in the fifth movie, clearly. Cho Chang is his big crush. The only, apparently only Asian person in all of Hogwarts. Yeah, and she's Scottish. Uh, that, that, and yeah, she, she has you a know, Scottish that's, accent. Uh, that's in a lot of fetishes for me. Asian Scottish. That's that juicy fruit commercial. You're Scotch Korean. Yeah. Oh, I do love <laughs> it's that. It's like that, yeah. But yeah, in the fifth, you know, he's, he's in love with Cho Chang. Cho Chang dates Cedric Diggory for a while. Then she gets really stud. sad because he dies. No. Jordan goes on a weird date with her where she cries. Then Harry's like, mm, maybe this girl's a little too sad yeah, for me. I, see girl. Yeah, I should just go for my best friend's little <laughs> yes, sister. Who has been obsessed with Harry since the second book and just when seems she was like, like in love with him. I don't know, man. Am I the it's only one who thinks that's very weird? Well, here's, here's what I weird. Jake Colin, wrong if you introduced me to your <laughs> little sister and I was like, I know. I'm going to be your brother-in-law. I, yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, just give it 10 years, Joe. It'll make sense. <laughs> like, that's that's, that's weird. James Potter blood. I'm with, so as Jacob was just saying, one of the biggest mistakes J.K. Rowling says is not putting together Harry and Hermione. I am more no, on board for her, so. for him and Ginny than yeah. the Hermione. I think stuff. she got it right. Yeah, she just I didn't like... introduce the Harry Ginny thing soon enough, so it kind of came or out subtly. If, if it was Harry yeah. and Hermione, it would be boring as shit. Yeah, because that's I mean, what you expect. The fact that it's like the smart girl and the dumb guy. I mean, yeah. it's Fred Flintstone and Wilma. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, that's. I love that's it. an archetype you know right. she's got the red or he's got the red hair this time instead yeah, really. of her but you know it's it the, the the schlubby dumb guy with bad luck with the like why is she with him she could do so much better yeah it's the king, yeah. Of, king of queens yeah king of queens. um shoe tying aside yeah i'm okay with Ginny and harry as the end ship you know i am too, i'm not well i am in it's the weird books to I, I want to say one of the biggest mistakes that the movie made was that they kind of ruined the character of Ginny. The character of Ginny in the books is so much more interesting, has more personality. So she goes through more actress they cast. She's the troublemaker of that family eventually. Yeah. You know, the twins she's are like, Ginny's crazy. She's like, like she's so rambunctious. Because yeah. the way it comes books. off in the movies is like, she's little bland. girl, yeah. love interest. Well, they almost give her Quiet. nothing to do in the movies, and they, and they cut a lot of her lines from the books. Um. And so you don't get an idea of her character. She has a super distinct character in the books that doesn't really get touched on as much. And I, I think she's a better character than Ron. I think her oh, and Hermione shit. are like two of the best kid characters yeah. in the books. And I don't know. What I mean, shame. it would make sense that J.K. Rowling is writing great young girl characters. Yeah. You would and hope she, so, right? She, and, and in the books, you see like, oh, Harry and Ginny, they actually work really well together. In the, in the movies, she kind of gets cast aside. Um, it comes course. off weird in the movies, yeah. I will say. Yeah. Especially that moment. And if you <laughs> never read the book, you don't have a sense of her, like the characterization, like the... Yeah, which I was not reading at this point. Right, so you yeah. just kind of see maybe something that comes off as a little bit flat and underdeveloped. It's definitely yeah. delved more And a little like, oh, man, don't just try to bang your friend's little sister. It's weird. Yeah, that's like well, a... I think part of it came to because in the original couple books or and movies, it's the three main characters, right? Then they kind of expand from like book five on where you have Neville, you have Luna, you have Ginny, you have the, the twins. They get kind of pulled into Harry's friends group more. They do go on more adventures 
with the Order of the Phoenix and everything. Much in the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, no, you do from the five on, right? Because they make the Order of the Phoenix or the uh, yeah. Dumbledore's I mean, Army. I would say you do and you don't, though, because Jenny yeah. really doesn't get it. But I think they bit. actively tried to make like Neville and Luna more important to the story in the movie. Let's These move are on in the other movies best so I can friends. talk about how Neville is the best character. Oh, okay, yeah. we'll talk about the second to last one here, number seven. Of course, we go up to eight in the movies. Yeah. It's David Yates again. It's... Deathly Hallows Part 1. So how do you guys feel, before we talk about this movie in particular, the craze that this started? Of the split? The final movie of the series of books had to become a Part 1 and Part 2. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I think it's based on the specific property. I mean, can we acknowledge, though, that this was the trend? Yeah. We saw like, Hunger you know, Games, Twilight. Twilight. They guys, were all it was called Infinity Wars one. Part 1 and Part 2. Originally, yeah. Still I mean, it became the... That. you. I'm just, I'm just so glad that Star Wars hasn't done it yet, of the, the splitting yeah. of the final. Don't put it past I think it really works in the Harry yeah, Potter series. Yeah, please don't because jinx it, Joe. Because yeah. Part 1 and Part 2 in the Harry Potter series, they're super distinct. Like yeah. Part 1 is like kind of a road trip. They're kind of... It's very slow moving they're kind of doing their own thing there's a lot of part two is like a huge battle it's like battle the movie yeah so part one is just the fucking tease yeah yeah so they're making you pay for a movie that's not a movie you feel like it's just a tease i feel like it but i love this movie i i love this movie because i feel like it's here's all the character development yeah that you're not going to see in the next one because the next one next one's going to be a huge action scene so we're doing all the whole slow build up to it now and here's a hot take i think the final 20 minutes of Part one are better than the final twenty minutes of part two. Oh, um, interesting! Leading up to the death of Dobby uh, and yeah. the battle You're breaking at out the, from like Bellatrix Lestrange and everything. Yeah, like that battle to me yeah. is way more intimate and way more close quarters than mm-hmm. what you get in the the final final. The army. I agree. As a young guy, I just really remember wanting it to all be over. You know, just wanting him to move on. See, I feel like. At this point, it had gone from midnight movies to Cole and I, friend of the cast, Cole, casually checking them out when we had a chance, mm. uh, when we were like breaking from classes or work. Mm. It's like, you know, he would be on set for like six months and he'd come back and be like, oh, have you seen that Harry Potter movie yet? And I'd be mm. like, no, let's go check it out in the middle of the afternoon. And like be like, oh, that was pretty good. So, That's kind of how I... So, so to see like a, a character development movie leading up to it, to me, was kind of just a good reminder of what I was in for. Yeah. And then I like when this you movie. see the final one, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, I like this movie way more than part two. Um, some of the locations they go to are just like breathtaking. The yeah, very true, gorgeous. Amazing. There's that one scene where Harry and Hermione are dancing to that Nick Cave song that's like, yeah, mm, such a great that's song. That's really cool. But I forgot about that. Do yeah. you think by these final two, they were just like, Ray Fines, do whatever the fuck you want? Because he seems, as Lord Voldemort, truly unhinged. And I fucking <laughs> oh, love it by the end. Yeah. He, he never says a full word. <laughs> <laughs> not, not with one breath. No, he's so breathy. Oh, I just want to mention, in the yeah. we kind of passed already, but in Order of the Phoenix, when Dumbledore and Voldemort duel in the that's Ministry of Magic. Final that's showdown. a great scene where Dumbledore shows up. And I was like, oh shit, shit's going down. Oh, we, we talked about it on the uh, Trick or Treat episode, American Horror Story. Mm. Uh, this season that they're on now, Apocalypse, has a fight that looks exactly like that oh, fight. Yeah. <laughs> where it's like two like icons of color, basically. Where it's like yes. green versus red yes. or blue. It's like wild the well it's kind of like so the the way wands work it's similar to lightsabers where you know 
the certain lightsaber colors always meant like certain things, right? It's kind of the same thing with. Clones. And is that um is that written into the books or is that just something yeah? Uh, expelling armor or Vada Kedavra is green. Expelling armor is red, so it's always been that. It's kind of mm. that inversion where you usually think red is like going to be the bad thing, right? Yeah, just based yeah. on Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys are right. What I remember about the cinematography of that scene when they are in the Ministry of Magic and it's all gray and dark. The color, man. Everything is yeah. washed out, but magic is color. Mm-hmm. That is really cool. Yeah. And that's a little why I'm excited for it. We'll get into it. The new movie that's coming out from the trailer. It looks like some of the coolest battle, like magic battle Mm. scenes that we've seen. And, you know, David Yates has been doing it since Order of the Phoenix. So he knows a little bit about how to like stage these magic fights and stuff. It looked pretty action heavy and I'm pretty excited for it. Yeah. All right. Um, Well, how about your thoughts on the final, final part two? What do you guys think of Deathly Hall? this is it. We finally got here. Uh, as, as someone who didn't read the books, but here's something I can say based on everyone who ever told me that they read the books, uh, the final battle, the final battle kind of gets like neutered, right? I mean, like that intro it's pretty scene short. is very like Tunks's and, uh, the werewolf's death are really well, they kind of show overridden. off screen. We're talking the last one, guys. It's Deathly Holler part two. What do you think of the finale? I mean, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Thank God we well, made it. So I'm not a fan. Wrapped up. I'm not a fan of splitting them in half. If no. the book was no. one, you know, keep it at one. That's why I hated the the fact that the Hobbit was three fucking movies. Like it to me, never saw any of the Hobbit movies. It's the shortest yeah. book. It was three movies. Yeah, it feels like a the cash Hobbit, grab. No, it doesn't make sense for the Hobbit. But for this, I mean, if they made it one movie, it would have been five hours long. Was but that are one, you like not okay pages? with watching a three and a half hour movie? Is my question. I am uh, for commercial standpoint. They want to keep it under two and a half hours generally i get that and i don't get it at the same time uh return of the king won all the oscars that year that movie is three hours and 24 minutes like yeah but it yeah, maximizes kind of run. buck the trend yeah. where it's like you know you haven't seen a marvel movie over like two and a half hours right now uh, and they're very the rumors are a4 yeah. will break the three hour oh, mark really? for the first time wow um, well they got to do something because they've been setting the trend yeah, yeah see but here's the thing for me like if, if you're invested in it and, and you want to see it, you're going to sit through it. Yeah. I don't absolutely. think you necessarily need to break it into. Well, and they're bring casting it to, a wide net, I guess. Yeah. And to bring it back to this movie in particular, though, uh, the battle that everyone was so worked up over where we see multiple deaths is kind of grazed over in the first 20 minutes of the, the finale. I mean, Deathly Hollows Part 2 opens with trying to escape Hogwarts and we see some major deaths that just kind of happen in an instant. I mean, it really wasn't that satisfying for me. Yeah. It's like the opposite of Helm's Deep, where it culminates with, like, this epic kind of retreat and failure. Yeah. Like, they could have done that with part one, had those deaths at Hogwarts happen, and then leave you on, all right, well, how do we regroup? Kind of like uh, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Yeah, I think a big problem with part two is that it has to slow down for the whole, like... Harry confronts Voldemort. But the first Harry one was dies. slow. Harry goes into this weird Limbo. afterlife where he talks to Dumbledore and he sees like a weird Voldemort baby. Then he comes back to life. So it was written like that in the books, but it's like it doesn't make for the most cinematic movie when you like have a whole huge battle scene and you're slowing it down for these yeah. slow personal scenes um, with Harry. I want to talk a little bit about this, this the death and return. Um, I did not read up to the last book, but in the movies we watch the fat awkward loser kid Neville Longbottom become the sexiest man alive (laughs) for Britain in the year that this movie is released. He's my favorite character in Harry Potter because in the final, in the final movie, he walks out and he's like, look, 
fuck Harry Potter. You killed my parents. You're a bad dude. Yeah. I'm gonna bash your brains. Well, in. that actually yeah. is in the books too. Yeah. Um, I think they made they made Neville a better character in the movies, and they actually made Neville and Luna more important. And they actually made a relationship with Neville and Luna, which wasn't in the books. And then J.K. Rowling came oh, out and really? said, "That was a great idea. I should have done that." Yeah. I love those two characters, and I yeah. love the way they are uh, portrayed in the final movie. But yeah. that moment where Neville's like. Yeah, everyone's laughing at him, and they're like, "Let him say it, let him say it." And he's yeah, like, yeah, I'm gonna fucking kill you. That's I, a great I, that scene. That to that's me in is the, the best scene. Um, yeah, I, in any of these. And movies. getting a little deeper into the lore of the books, if you know about the whole uh, chosen one prophecy within Harry Potter, Neville could have been that guy. The whole prophecy comes down to Voldemort heard the prophecy, half heard the prophecy, and it could have been either Neville or Harry. You will die by a child born yes. on this day. And they were both born like on the same day or something. And his Voldemort parents got chose, stupefied versus Yes, his parents killed. were the Longbottoms who were like Aurors. They were like really important in the the uh, like the revolt movement with as as well as Harry's parents. So Voldemort made the choice to go to Harry's parents, and that caused the entire events of the book. Right. He could have easily chosen the Longbottoms, whereas Neville, it would have been Neville Longbottom in the Sorcerer's Snow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Man, I would have read those. And they go up. into that a ton in the books, That's books in the Bernstein Bears is there universe. A, <laughs> is there, has someone written a fan fiction where Neville is the Probably. lead character of Harry Potter, though? Probably. There's a ton um, of fan fiction. Because I'll tell you, the, the ending moment where he's, you know, he comes out and he's like, I got something to say. And they're like, okay, let him talk a little, little Longbottom. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and he's like, Fuck Harry, I'm gonna kill you, motherfucker. That's my favorite moment yeah, of yeah. the entire franchise. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, just like George Lucas made something bigger than himself with Star Wars, I feel like that's the acknowledgement of the wizarding world is bigger than Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. But we get it on screen. Well, that's by in the saying, books, too. Like I, I, I get that, but I'm just saying, like, to see that on film was was major, I think. Yeah. Joe, I want to pick up on what you're laying down. Let's go ahead and move on to the next one. The big next movie franchise that, of course, is in the Harry Potter universe that Warner Brothers is using to cash in on it is Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them and the sequel Fantastic Beasts colon The Crimes of Grindelwald. Yes. These films, my opinion of it, is that they George Lucas the shit out of this universe. Yes, I have some thoughts about this. They are prequel films to me. They follow in all the same trappings that the prequel Star Wars films have. Explaining things we don't want to explain. Well, look at it this way. Harry Potter is about Harry Potter. That is a character that we can be anchored by. We follow adventures with them. Okay, what's Fantastic Beasts about? It's about the world. You know, we, we just build out the world. Yeah. It's very much more important that you see how, you know, American magic comes together and the school's there and this and that. Okay, well, what's Newt Scarmander doing? In the first five minutes of the film, Fantastic Beasts, you do not see Newt Scarmander. You see people getting killed. You see Grindelwald, a character you have no idea who he is, appear. You see an Obscura, whatever that is going to end up being, blow up a building. Random people saying, oh, what a weird disaster this has been. You get the New Salem people saying, this is going on. Boom. Then we meet Newt Scarmander. So we as an audience, what are we anchored to in this universe? This is my biggest problem with the, the first movie is that it's so disjointed. It seems like half the movie is Newt Scamander doing his own thing, trying to get his animals. The other half is this grander Grindelwald plot that has seemingly no connection to Scamander, except that he's in the same city at the same time. And so it just feels a little disjointed. I mean, the one thing I will say is someone who is, I would say, a a Potter casual, 
everyone's so excited about Grindelwald and all of that. Grindelwald. I don't know what the fuck any yeah. of that is. I don't know what any of it's, that is. It's I don't into care a little bit about in the later it. Books. Um, Grindelwald was like the original, like before Voldemort. Grindelwald was the big bad of the Wizarding World, so and he Darth was Dumbledore's Plagius. boyfriend. Is that correct? Yeah, yes. they were lovers. They were friends. Yeah. Then they became lovers for oh. a brief time, and then, then he became a bad guy. See, yeah. I've had all this explained to well, me. Like yeah. I was supposed to care about it in Fantastic. So basically, Beast, Dumbledore when he was Beast younger doesn't talk about it at all. Right. Yeah, Dumbledore when he's younger, but they were point, both yeah. young, powerful wizards who had interesting ideas, and then, but then. Grindelwald went a little too out there for Dumbledore. Dumbledore was like, mm, I don't know, these muggles, we shouldn't be killing muggles and stuff. And then Grindelwald's like, no, we're like the superior race. Blah, like blah, Magneto blah. and Xavier. Exactly, Ooh. exactly. Yeah, yeah, but they like smooch. Like, yeah, but, they, but this is the fucked up thing, is in the movies they're not acknowledging their re- gay relationship, which J.K. Rowling has said is a thing. But she and J.K. Said Rowling wrote after... the movies and she didn't fucking mention it. Yeah, see, here's the thing that, that pisses so, me off about that. that. I think it's important that that Dumbledore is gay and that his well, I his think it's important that he makes mistakes. Becomes, yeah, yeah, becomes a villain or whatever. It's absolutely show like, that as text in the movies, which they're not doing. It's as more in the subtext. books, they should show it as text. There is nothing in the original Harry well, Potter in the books, series. He's an old man. It, you know, but there's he no gay or straight. He's not. He's never romantically linked. Yeah. He's never in a sexual situation. He's an I, idiot. I, I, I get that, but at the same time, what I'm saying is you can't just take credit for a character being homosexual if you weren't. You didn't put it on. I the don't page. know how they would have wrote it into the page. You didn't. You didn't write it as. But as a young man, he, you're taking credit. Should absolutely be in the included yeah. in in the. Yeah, Jude Law playing Dumbledore should be playing him as a gay. Oh, in this and Jude Law film, as as Dumbledore, we should say as of the the point of recording this podcast and 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 releasing it, we have not seen him other than trailers portray the character. He is not no. in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. No. At all. No. Yeah. Well, this is my other problem with the series. So they decided they're going to make five movies and they're what? all going to be. Yeah, I thought they were three. No, <laughs> it's five. five. Yeah, they oh. signed they sign on to five with the first movie and they're all going to be called Fantastic Beasts colon something. Why did you name your whole series after this obscure thing? Like A the whole Grindelwald thing is much bigger than Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. So that to me does not make a lot of sense. Why is Newt's commander such an important character? I don't know. But well, we one, hopefully will learn to know yeah. in the next movie. Which, but as I am we're more excited this, about this new movie than the last movie. As as we're recording this, I want to point out there are fan first screenings going on right now for uh, Crimes of Grindelwald, um, and these are the first time it has been screened at all. The press hasn't seen it yet. The embargoes have not been broken. The reviews have not been broken. They made a point, Warner Brothers, to release fan-first screenings. That's cool. Um, which is uh, the first time this has been done. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty exciting. And the reactions on Twitter that I'm seeing pouring in, again, no spoilers, no details at all, but they are all overwhelmingly positive. Fans oh, that's are great. very excited that's about So this. the target audience is enjoying it. Yes. Yeah, I had mixed feelings about the first one. I thought it was pretty lackluster, but ever since the previews came out, the trailers for this next one, I am super excited. I'm super down. Can't wait to see it. Well, we should say that the film certainly hasn't been without controversy as well, whether it's Johnny Depp's inclusion as Grindelwald yeah, or, more recently, um, the character of Nagini, the Horcrux partner of Voldemort throughout the series, was revealed to be an Asian actress who people are not happy that that is who she is playing. They believe that that plays into her being more of a pet opposed to a person. Oh, I didn't hear about mm. that part. I have not, not heard about that any at all. Of this controversy, but Can I... we talk? Um, and this is my problem, I think, with the expanded Harry Potter Wizarding World universe. 
I want to talk about the Fantastic Beasts movie. Mm. Uh, and when we brought up the franchise, everyone's talking about shit that hasn't even been on the screen yet. Like, the expanded stuff with Grind- Grindelwald and, like, how it's going to affect the universe moving forward. That's not what this movie is at all. Like, well, it no. kind of it half is. That's the problem is because it's trying it's to do not this grander mythology, but it's also about Newt Scamander running around New York yeah. finding his animals. So, so what I want to say real quick is that I didn't see... Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them until two years after it was released because everyone I know knows how I feel about Harry Potter, which is kind of like, oh, magic isn't really my thing. They're fine, whatever. They were like, you don't want to watch that movie. It's not worth it. Finally, one night on HBO, Cassie and I were like, oh, we'll, we'll throw it on. I loved it. I love this really? fucking movie. Wow. Really? <laughs> like, I thought it was really fun. I really liked all of the characters. And now the things that everyone are excited about have nothing to do with this movie. Mm. So I'm really kind of confused as a casual fan to be like, oh, I like that. I like, right. the, you know, You're seeing New York City and all this World stuff. World War well, cool. American like, yeah, character and being like, like, well, I like that. Like the new yeah. Salem people who are like this fucking weird religious cult of like yeah. anti-witches. Like, yeah. all that stuff's really interesting to me and no one seems to give a shit. And even when we brought it up on this cast, everyone's jumping to the next movie, which as a casual... I don't get why people are excited about. Like well, I don't get the whole, why that's that moving that way. All that of the bigger plot of Grindelwald versus Dumbledore, which is what this new movie is going to be about. My problem is like, yeah, that stuff was interesting. You know, it was going to be one off for this movie because the idea is that each of these movies is going to take place in a different city. I think so. Like this next one is going to be in Paris. Yeah, I want to travel oh, so we'll when I film too. Also, we'll see the from... Uh, Possibly, I'm not really sure. From Probably. Goblet of Fire. Yeah, uh, I mean, my problem... Well, what does I mean, that mean for the third one is where it's... I have no uh, idea. I don't China. Know, I don't know it's what gonna be direction China. they're going in with Mike, these movies. you just hit it on the head. That's Guaranteed right. for uh, foreign box office, the next yeah. one's in China. It seems right. like, how are they going to spread this out to five? I have no idea. I have no idea the direction they're going with these movies. But I do like... I like the Jew Law casting. Mm. Yeah. I, dislike Johnny Depp as Grindelwald. I think that was horrible from the very beginning. Because like in, of who Johnny Depp is or because of that, who the character is? And it's just is. bad. Like, why did it need to be Johnny Depp? Like, in this movie that you... that It's you know, Colin Farrell the whole time and then yeah, it's sneak Colin attack, Farrell, it's not Colin Farrell. He takes off his face and he's like crusty-ass Which, Johnny Depp with like a weird again, blonde hair. Again, as a casual, everyone seems to like into that and Cassie was like do you get it and I was like no I don't like I, no, I to that. me this means nothing why the c- bad guy turned out to be a different bad guy like, yeah, why can't yeah. Colin Farrell be yeah. like Colin I would rather have Colin Farrell as Grindelwald than is, I just yeah. don't yeah. I don't understand it and I wish someone could explain it to me in a way that didn't feel don't like what? like like why are we jumping from this movie Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them felt like it was supposed to be about Newt's commander. Uh, and then the next one feels like it's not. And he's just kind of in service of Jude yeah, Law. Yeah, he's, he's this piece in a, in a bigger puzzle that's going on. Then why didn't we start with the bigger that's, puzzle that's why and then go so, to the that's mini why pieces? I feel like this movie is so yeah. weirdly structured. Yeah. And that's the problem I have with it. But it's like, you couldn't do five movies of Newt's commander running around trying to find animals. No, right. but well, it's also about like Pokemon the corruption the of yeah. like wizarding society like yeah. it's about how i also didn't like the direction they went with like wizarding america i thought it was really weird because like the whole thing about wizarding america is that they don't allow any animals because 
muggles might find them and then they might be like oh these magical animals what's about trying to hide your secret society yeah i thought that was kind of interesting it was all right but it's like in the scene where they're like straight up about to murder newt's commander and the girl like they sentence in like a pool yeah they (laughs) sentence him to death and literally take him into the next room they're like all right you just got sentenced to death we're gonna kill you right now and i was like oh shit okay That's pretty brutal. Taxpayer dollars are (laughs) burning away every second. Let's go ahead and get this over with. So, so here's my question, and it's really kind of the only thing I care about: is the 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 baker guy who you know he's been in a handful of movies. Jacob Uh, Kowalski. Jacob Kowalski, who is an actor I like. He was in Fanboys, which was oh, that's the character's name. Ready, Ready Player One. uh, Ernie Klein. Like, I like that guy. Are we going to see more of him? Is he important? Yeah, he's in at the all? next one, but he's just kind of tagging along with. But he's like the audience viewpoint as a not a yeah. nomad. Yeah, yeah, but it's a like, nomad, a muggle. I'm yeah. a filthy muggle, man. Nomadges. I don't know nothing. Like, why do you have to call yeah. him something different? Like muggles is a great word, and then you're like, what are the Americans called? Well, it's like no a lorry in a truck. Nomad slang. Yeah. So you don't like the idea of division of magical terminology slang no, it's just like everything they did with wizarding america is like so dumb so obvious. it is like the rc like, cola of Hogwarts. yeah it's like a, yeah wizarding england has such an interesting like world and then america's like oh we call them nomadges because they don't know magic yeah see i think that's kind of like, funny that's what I americans think that's just would like do a funny one joke yeah <laughs> here's what i like about this i like the kind of carry plot line of like here is someone who has to repress yeah. Yeah. They have to repress their magical abilities and be ashamed of it. And that means yeah. nothing moving forward. No, that's carrying <laughs> that's on. Like, it. That kid is in the second one. All right. He is? All the main characters from this one are in the second Like the main two yeah. girls, the guy, the I'm commander. I'm so confused about the future of this I want franchise. the Harry Potter horror movie because around that, kid that is, idea. Because that is, kid is, is in Grindelwald's bigger plot. Oh, okay. So... We're going to see more of him. We're going to see... Because he's like the ultimate weapon if you can only But harness. Mike, you like yeah. that he has these powers as an obscural. My One of my complaints about the continued universe of Fantastic Beasts is the introductions of the female character, Goldie, can read minds. You know, obscurals yeah. exist. If you don't use your magic, this thing comes out. Cheap. I like that it. the repression creates... Uh, outlet valve of like mm. darkness. Like, well, I think and also that's like cool. to bring it back to the first Harry Potter movie ever. Like he's talking to snakes, and like I get yeah. that that's important to the that's world. Like mind reading, but you're like right. it is. No, you know, it's right. some people can turn into animals in the yeah. old books. Well, and as it's well. also like right. he doesn't know what he's doing. It's like puberty. I mean, it's like mutants to bring X-Men. it back to yeah. X Men. But it seems so much like. They everybody has the exact same powers, but some of them have superpowers. Right. Yeah. I always just roll my eyes at that. No, my problem... I do and I don't at the same time. I mean, like to be honest though, like for me, the guy I'm most excited about is this, the the dumb baker who's just like, like brought guy. into it. I love him. That guy. He's great. I love. I want to see Jude Law and I want to see. See, I don't care John about Jude Depp. Law. I want to like, see him. Why would I care sex. about that? This this movie had nothing to do with that. Yeah, because this movie did not. It set up nothing. This movie did. For I Jude feel Law. like but the biggest. I feel like the biggest fail of the franchise so far has been Harry Potter fans telling me like, oh, you don't want to watch that movie. It doesn't really matter. Uh, You know, like you want to see this big expanded story. And it's like, well, I like the characters that they introduced. I don't necessarily need, you know, like, like Colin to bring it back to the prequels thing. I don't necessarily need to see a young Dumbledore. I thought this was just a fun movie set in the wizarding yeah. world. It's intergalactic trade rights, and then we're talking about the Ministry of Magic in America. Yeah. Again, I'm just rolling so, my eyes. So, to bring it back to Star Wars again, is the next Harry Potter movie, the... I shouldn't call them Harry Potter movies. I should call them the Wizarding, wizarding world, world movies. We know what they are. <laughs> is, is, so, Crimes of Grindelwald, is that not Solo? 
Is that Ooh. not Jude Law as a young Dumbledore? No, it's more, it's more like that... Phantom Menace. Uh, okay. That kind yeah. of like... But why? I mean, is it not... Because of the Obi-Wan. You know, young yeah. Obi-Wan. Um, but who's the young Obi-Wan? In the first movie, they killed a lot Dumbledore. of characters that didn't matter. Character. Dumbledore is basically So who's Obi-Wan. his Qui-Gon? Who's his, like... Well, you know, just in the relatable prequel exactly version of each other. But I my... think, like, fans' expectations of this kind of confuse me. Because I don't really understand Maybe. what, they what want. people want to see. My... And that's, again, coming from a casual. I think yeah. people want to see pointing of wands and colors coming out of wands. My main problem like with that. the seri- with the Fantastic Beast series is that it's just so much not as well thought out as the original Harry Potter story, which is super thought out, super detailed. Now it seems like J.K. Rowling doesn't give a shit. She just She's writes just movies. Writing nonsense. She shouldn't be doing that. And it's like, oh, it's, so you don't think she? So Colin, I've had this argument with my sister, where she says she created the entire universe. Why of course she, she should be able to write it. Yeah, because there's a difference she doesn't give a shit anymore. It's she a different like medium, and beyond that, she is not reacting well to what people like and what people don't like. No. When mm-hmm. she says, I've got six or seven of these planned out, it's her knowing what she likes to focus on, and that's an issue yeah. to me. But I just feel like these, these movies aren't well thought out at all. It's like this first one wanted to be two different movies at the same time. Yeah. And I think the, the part of that that you like, Joe is what they're going away from in the next one. Oh no, it's not going to be we bought a magical zoo anymore. No. It's going to be intergalactic. Oh, see, I guess I'm yeah. a dumb normie for <laughs> yeah. for liking All just right. the, but the I don't normie think necess- stuff. No, I don't think it. necessarily that you're a dumb normie. Well, while we're I just here, think that these no, movies like, aren't going the way that most people think they are, and it's weird and it's not well thought out. But that's, that's what fans of like diehard Harry Potter fans seem to want. This Dumbledore That's what I want, but it's conflict. not going really the way I wanted it to. All right, well, so I have mixed feelings, but I'm excited about the next one, and I hope it's good. So, do you say, Jacob? And let's go around here mm. as we wrap up the movie segment. Is Fantastic Beasts to the Grindelwald saga? Blah blah blah. Is it going to be hit or shit? I'm I'm really ever since the trailers came out for this next one, I've been really hyped to see it. I hope it's a hit. Um, I've got so many questions about where this series is going, how there's going to be five movies within this series. This next movie kind of seems like the third in a trilogy, the, the way the scope of it is. So I don't know where they go from here. But I'm excited to see it, and I hope it's a hit. The first one for me was pretty lackluster. No, I'll go with you. I'll, I'll go ahead and say hit because the audience is built in. I don't think the reactions are going to be as strong as the fan ones are, but maybe there is some course correcting going on after the next one. Do you think the reason they did the fan first screenings is kind of a... Oh, I think that's a leader for sure. Probably. Yeah, People you think just they saying, do that on purpose? Yeah, yeah let's, the let's to put a heavy foot on this, exactly. Influence other people. Well, because they lost the diehards with Star Wars, so if you can get them on board to be like and I think thumbs a, up on Twitter. Yeah, but to a degree, they lost the diehard Harry Potter fans with the first Fantastic Beast movies, which... I think a lot of people had mixed feelings about. Right. Even die, I think diehards had mixed feelings about it. I think normies had mixed feelings about it. I don't know. I think it'll hit. I think it'll sell, but it's definitely not like on the same level of the. Mike, f- you're saying hit too. I think it's going to be successful. I mean, it's got it's got shiny magic special effects on it. Of course, it's going to be a hit. Yeah, it's going to do probably well. be better than any recent DC movie other than Wonder Woman. So. It's not going to have much competition. That's true. It will not have much competition right now. No, so. no. Disney's Nutcracker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, Boy, there's there's nothing else this season. That people my are remember when like Harry about. Potter used to always come out 
like over the Christmas holiday. I feel like that's when a Harry Potter movie. I think should you're talking come about out. Star Wars. See, you're Star weird. Wars did that too. Well, you're, not, you're weird, but to me, they're Thanksgiving movies. They are. I feel no, like I they feel are. Like the last couple movies. always came out like around Christmas. Oh, for sure. They kind of came off in weird times. Like some of yeah. them were yeah. summer. Some releases. of them in the summer, they which were I, not I like, necessarily consistent. No, these are not for summer. Make these come out December yeah. 25th. I want to go see these with my family. Interesting. See, to me, they're they're Thanksgiving. That's how I felt about Star Wars too. When they started releasing like Solo in March, I was like, "What?" See, but the weird thing about that is none of these were Christmas movies before. Before they came back with the Force Awakens, no Star Wars movie had been no, released. No, I just like to I just like to have a, a big movie to go see when I'm visiting my family. You know. Yeah. Well, let's close it out with your thoughts, Joe. Hit or shit. I guess hit. I don't know. I'm really confused. As a normie, I would say I'm very confused. It's funny on that the the history and and future of Harry Potter. Yeah, that's just. I think a lot of people are confused. No. And and what do you think about Johnny Depp? Because I know you talking about J.K. Rowling. She she's you know kind of may, maybe say she's like fake woke at times. Oh yeah, she Johnny Depp's a bad the, guy. Yeah, she they cast Johnny Depp. A lot of hardcore fans had a big problem with it she got a lot of flack online and then she defended him and said no i think this is the right choice yeah and again Johnny i'm Depp not trying has... to knock her her writing at all but i do think she is fake woke at times like when the play happened she wanted to be like yeah i mean there's no reason hermione couldn't be black and it's like well bitch then you would have wrote in her play like, wrote in her in my... you would have written her black like you don't well, get no, no, no. credit she wasn't for saying, saying that she does like that i don't think she was saying that she specifically meant for hermione to be black i think she was saying that there shouldn't in, no one should have a problem with Hermione being cast as a black actress in a play. But to me, you shouldn't get credit for saying that. You know what I mean? Like that well, shouldn't make it's better you to good. say it than not to say it. Sure, but like it'd be better to just write the characters yeah. diversely. To then. me, I think J.K. Rowling she's an out of touch rich person who means well. That's my opinion. Maybe she's fake woke at times, but I do think she means well. She's just rich and she's out of touch which a lot of celebrities are who, who mean well yeah. oh for sure maybe she stumbled um, into writing a global book phenomenon and became famous and is having to deal with that and yeah. it's not yeah. so easy sure i feel like again I, I, millionaires fantastic beast <laughs> it's gonna be a hit but yeah. but millionaires who didn't used to be millionaires they kind of have a perspective that if you're born into it you might not have and she, oh, was, she used to be very poor and now she's very rich She's probably out of touch, but she I think she does mean well for like I'm not saying she doesn't mean well. I'm just saying she shouldn't get uh some no, sort but of the like Johnny fake Depp credit. casting wh- why? Boo. Just yeah. recast it. Yeah, we'll just CG it over. All right, well <laughs> it's too late now, but yeah, we'll should have done uh, it after the first movie. Sorry, go ahead. No, it's all right, man. It's all right. You're magical. <laughs> he, he's hot about it. <laughs> Mike, man. let me ask you this. Did you know we had the two most passionate Harry Potter fans here just screaming <laughs> at each other side. into the microphone? I mean, I'm going to say it. I don't know God. much about Harry Potter. But. I'm going to expel the armors, both of these two. Um, no, I mean, it, it, we'll see what happens with it. It's going to be coming out very soon. Um, Harry Potter is a deep universe. Hopefully, they don't Star Wars it up. Um, oh. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Uh... <laughs> Let's go ahead and talk about the video games in Harry Potter. All right, normies, we've just had a fantastic segment about Fantastic Beasts and the films of the Harry Potter franchise, and now we're here to talk about some of the video games. If it's big, they're going to make a game about it and tie it in. There's been some good ones, some bad ones. I want to go ahead and just ask everybody, what's your experience with the Harry Potter video games? Any that stand out to you that you remember playing fondly? I know I have a couple. Oh, yeah. 
I played every single one of these games. Uh, the first four, I want to say, lined up perfectly with me and my family where we would take these long caravan road trips in a old villager van, strap on a TV in the middle of it, and yeah. you know, let the kids play video games while they drove to Hilton Head. And my, bro- my siblings and I, we would pick up one of these games and try to beat it by the time we drove back. That's pretty awesome, yeah. yeah. Video games are better than show tunes on a long road trip. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We would do the same thing. But Harry Potter specifically, I mean, it was such a bonding game type really genre. Um, so you would say you're more into the video games than you were even the books. Oh, easily. Easily. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty deep. Mm-hmm. So and pat- these were produced by EA, right? For EA, the most and then eventually it becomes Warner Interactive, you know, Warner Brothers Games. So for me, being the biggest Harry Potter fan here probably... Um, I actually do not have a lot of experience with the video games. I remember vaguely playing Chamber of Secrets on GameCube. Mm. And recently I got my GameCube and my old games from my dad's house. And I had some games I didn't even remember I had because I had Chamber (laughs) of Secrets. And I also had Harry Potter Quidditch World Cup, which I do not remember playing at all. I have no idea. I kind of want to go back and play it. I have no idea what it's like, but I have those two games. And I remember Chamber of Secrets the most. And other than that... I'd never really played any of these video games. You didn't fire up Quidditch World Cup as soon as you saw it, man. <laughs> yeah. I Come on, that, that wasn't a, a instant go to. It, it seems interesting. I'm not sure what it, what it could be like, but I. Kind I'm of assuming it's Quidditch it. in some sort of. I would hope so. Yeah. I assume people are wearing different colored uniforms depending on what team you're playing against. <laughs> well, I have my own problems with Quidditch too. I mean. Whoa! You know. Give me your hot take. Oh, give me your hot take on, on Quidditch. Quidditch. Hot Quidditch take. Okay, well it's not that hot. You want a lot of people. Truthers, yeah. A lot of people feel this way, but. The, the, the rules to Quidditch make absolutely no sense. And you can tell J.K. Rowling is not a sports fan, doesn't understand how sports work. She tried to make up her own sport, but the scoring and the rules don't make any sense. The The golden snitch is worth 150 points, <laughs> and but when you catch it, the game ends. So 90% of the time, the person who catches the snitch wins the game. So what's the point of the rest of the entire game with the seekers and all that? <laughs> yeah, yeah this is another one here's, a, here's an anecdote from J.K. Rowling Another one where she kind of comes off too proud for it Where she says that she developed Quidditch in one night yeah, after a break, <laughs> so after a breakup, she went to the pub, sat down, came up with it, and she says it's so aggressive, like rugby with the bludgers and stuff, because I wanted to bludge him, of course. And you're kind of like, ah, but again, it doesn't but make like the any main sense. Part of but if you find the goldsmiths like, of solving your problems, then you so, can get back together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously, a relationship goal. It's, it's, it's really the, yeah, really the golden snitch angle that ruins the entire game. It would never work as a professional sport. So the whole point is like you throw the balls through the hoops, you get ten points every time. Fine, yeah. <laughs> but that's fine. The there's the other guys that hit the bludgers, blah blah blah. That all works. But then you make the golden snitch worth 150 points and it ends the game. It totally throws the score. Like, so does that mean 150 points ends the game? No, because yeah. if so you the score winning, it's the a team point that catches it gets 150 points and the game ends. So if you're so, not down by more than 150 points, you win the game. Oh, so, so you could get the snitch and be down by like. And just even it out. And it yeah, still be but going. the chances yeah. of that happening is like so slim that ninety nine percent of the time the 
team that catches the snitch wins the game. I mean, it, let's be real. It was just written so yeah. Harry could be the snitch yeah. getter. And it was and really by people was flying on brooms. Yeah. She yeah. definitely never imagined that kids on college campuses with no. PVP pipes between but their it's legs. A super out, it's super yeah. Can we talk about that for a minute? Yeah. I mean, have you guys ever seen that in oh, person? I've heard one at our college. Not in person. I've not seen it, but I know it exists. I've seen it. The Golden Snitch is like if we're watching the Golden State Warriors and the Cavs in the NBA Finals, it's down to like a two-point game, and they also have one player each just scouring the yeah. arena. Yeah. <laughs> oh my just god! Like, my, I'm looking for the golden ticket. <laughs> yeah, LeBron James' job is wins. to lift people right. out of their seats, as and, and, that, and that player it. becomes the most important person yeah. on the yeah, team. Yeah, I would love that. It's like, what's the? How can all these wizards be into the sport when 99% of it doesn't matter at all? The rest of it's fine. Like you're hitting the balls through the hoops. It becomes a yeah. possession game. You know, a positioning game. Fine, but it's stitch. just very unbalanced. Like, <laughs> I hate that we're arguing the logistics. It was clearly made up by someone who doesn't watch sports. Is not a sports valid. fan. Well, it also yeah. like like Jacob, which is create fine. a sport. I mean that, that that is a huge undertaking. Yeah, yeah. I created a sport. It's called yeah, like there's no like like pod racing doesn't have rules no. that people are trying to replicate. <laughs> but that's yeah, just racing, racing is understandable. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, but the idea that the entire very, Wizarding very world, basic, this is the only sport right. they care about. There's yeah. huge World Cups that are on par with like. Well, the that world Victor Cup. Crumb is a huge character, and that we're yeah, all that's supposed right. to be I like, oh that, shit. Yeah. Well, that's a big plot point is that in the World Cup, he catches the snitch while his team is down by more than 150 points. Ends the game as a loss, but he just did it because they were getting embarrassed so bad. So my thought is, there's two ways you build your team so in this world. How long is a Quidditch game? All right, it's as long as the snitch is in play. Yeah, it could go on for days. There's no clock. Historically, so sometimes you're either building a team that is expressly designed to stand oh, in front of, of the hoops, right? Right? <laughs> yeah. Yet your whole team is designed to make sure they don't score any points while you right. find the snitch, or your team is designed to only score in the hoops. In case they find the snitch, at least you're outscoring them. So you need yeah. to be winning by 150. So you need to score a minimum of 150. That's, that's insane. Is, is there I'm a lot of tanking like 90% in the, of the Quidditch game world to try to get the best snitch hunter? So it's like, yeah, yeah I need to say, yeah. I keep calling them snitch hunter. They have a name. Seeker. Seeker. Legend of the Seeker. You have a seven-person Quidditch team, and six of the people don't matter at all. The only person that matters <laughs> is, is Harry Potter. Is Harry Potter. And whoever gets that snitch. Yeah. I know snitch dog. Yeah, and then you had Malfoy was the the Slytherin seeker. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah, because his daddy because his daddy bought all the. It's tools like you when the team. little league, uh, you know. Oh, the little league son is the pitcher. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Oh, you get Big the best job. Surprise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I played the GameCube ones. You know, I remember fighting some haunted books in the library, and you go to potions class and you try yeah. to solve. You Mike, know. do you remember the pixels? I mean, everything was pretty flat and sharp. It was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I just remember the Chamber of Secrets one. I think there was a Nintendo Wii games, too, that you could do with the motion controller. Mm-hmm. You would cast your spells mm-hmm. with that. I remember playing those. Those were pretty fun. But I didn't get too deep into these. I'm, I'm more into figuring out the logistics of Quidditch. But, <laughs> oh, apparently. <laughs> you know. That's what we're really concerned with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How does that Ooh. game work? Yeah, I have no idea. But can I bring up that there, <laughs> there is a, a newer mobile game, a Harry Potter mobile game. I don't know if any of you guys played it. It's a very, like, click farmy type game. Where you know microtransactions are involved, but you Fuck. can play it. Yeah. You're no talking mic- 2018 Hogwarts Mystery. Yes, I believe so. All right, let's go. You can play it with no microtransactions. You just have to have cooldown times where you have to wait like an hour before you can play it again. I played it a little bit. It was enjoyable for a click click farm type of game, but uh, did you put any money into it or no? No, I never put any money. It has into a narrative. It. I mean, you're basically yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like it a like motion a mystery, comic, yeah. basically. It's huh. kind of interesting. It's 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 entertaining for a little bit but now jacob did you hear the controversy when the game came out no so one of the characters has to pick up a cursed amulet which unfortunately after they put it on begins to choke them to death 
If you do not have enough power coins or whatever Jacob's talking about, if you are in a cooldown period, you cannot progress past that chapter. Oh, my God. Children would that. tell their parents, this character's dying. I need your credit card. Ooh, She's dying. Say, no. That's cool. <laughs> Sorry yeah. about that, kids. That's, that's I did not know bad. that. I do not yeah. like that. That's pretty, also sort of Pretty hilarious. bad. <laughs> I yeah. thought we'd reach the low of lows when it comes to pay to play. Like my yeah, but it's like, sorry, no. your character's getting choked by a cursed ambulance. Yeah. Tell your mom that if she doesn't buy you that G.I. Joe Snake Eyes is gonna die. die. I hope they just like literally put that on the screen. That's pretty scummy. Don't don't like that. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's some Slytherin ass shit. Yeah, yeah. And then the only thing we've got on the horizon (laughs) because they do not make Fantastic Beast platform games, unfortunately. If they did, I would be driving to Hilton Head right now. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But unfortunately, until then, the only thing coming out is another mobile game. It's from Niantic, the developers of Pokemon Mm. Go. That's right. It is an augmented reality, an AR game where you are doing spells in the wild. Are you guys excited for this? I I think that'll be a big. I think that'll be a big cultural phenomenon. AR is going to Pokemon Go was it's going to become more and more um yeah like commonplace going forward definitely pokemon go was just the start of that so i think uh harry potter is a good place to continue pushing that yeah i I think harry potter makes a ton of sense to be like oh you can see your magic come out of your wand like ghostbusters is another one that i would love to see (sighs) produced it just doesn't have the that reach to hit like the big audience but that could be very fun for the fans of the ghostbusters yeah okay like see stuff in the augmented reality world i ain't afraid of no ghosts joe you just hit me with a great point here does Niantic run the trouble of maybe they pick up too many of these properties and they become a telltale oh. situation? Oh, which we just saw them go under. So, yeah, that is something to be wary of mm-hmm. these days. Well, I think specifically this Harry Potter one, I think it will be a big hit because it's the perfect built-in nostalgia franchise yes. right now where people our age, the same people that were into Pokemon when they were kids, were into Harry Potter. And so Pokemon That's true. Go was a huge cultural phenomenon because of people our age, right? So you got people our age, you got people younger. It's going to be a hit. You Everybody's your got a house. cell phone in their pocket. Yeah. Like, yeah. come on. You've got the system already. Four yeah. teams, Slytherin, Hufflepuff. There's going to be oh, yeah. 3% play rate on Hufflepuff. It's going to be great. You know, I'll be honest. God. I am a, a super casual Harry Potter fan. Never played any of these other games we're talking about. I would download that and mm. give yeah. it a go. Why yeah. not? If it's free, yeah, I don't mind cooldowns. Yeah. I like Harry Potter more than Pokemon. So Whoa. You know, Whoa. Whoa. Dude. Sorry, Pokemon. Tweet at him. <laughs> at Jacob. Well, Colin, let me ask you, Jacob, of though. all these games, since you played Jacob. all these games, which one was your favorite? Oh, so it gets pretty good by the end runs there. By the yeah. time you get to Order of the Phoenix, you really? can actually choose between the three main characters to play as. So you're not just Harry. Oh. And Hogwarts becomes a bit of an open world. You know, That's as we've awesome. complained before, you can actually start to go around the schools more. So the later games, I got to say, I highly recommend... Deathly Hollows becomes a little too much task-oriented. Mm. I would play some games before that. Find that sweet middle ground spot. I mean, that seems like the type of game that would be primed for an open world, though. Like, Harry Potter, explore the wizarding world. I mean, I, I'm surprised we haven't seen an expanded make-your-own-wizard MMO online. Oh, totally. That's true. Yeah, that's a, definitely a market that they could tap. I mean, the Pottermore. They could, there could be the Pottermore RPG. The yeah, Pottermore. Oh, just be called Potter, Pottermore. Yeah, yeah, that would be huge. Pottermore Club Penguin. Let's get it. We see a lot of uh, April Fool's Day game, or, you know, uh, gambits coming out of Harry Potter. It seems like almost every year, I don't know if you guys remember the famous Aurors TV show, sort of like a Law & Order set inside the... Uh, 
the world of Harry Potter. Game Informer came out with that, of course, right. tricked everybody. So Fools. every time it was April Fools. Every time a video game sort of comes out, even this latest one, Niantic, the uh, uh, Hogwarts United, people were like, "That's not real." But no, it is. You know, so get excited totally. about it. Maybe yeah, there's some apprehension coming. there. Uh, I don't know. I would like to see more development on the game front. I'm gonna cadaver you. Yeah. Oh shit! Well, you want more development? What do you want to see? Pitch me your perfect Wizarding World game, Colin. So I would do something small, open worldy like Breath of the Wild, where in the same way that you had a central point for the continent and the world wasn't too large, Hyrule Castle put Hogwarts Castle there. Just explore the immediate scenarios around there. You Having can go the to woods. Hogsmeade. You can go to the Walloping yeah. Woods. I mean, it's already built in. You've got so much. That. Yeah, why not? Would you want like motion controls for like wand movements and stuff no, like I that, or is that too that. much? Yeah, I, that's not a huge thing for me. That would be interesting. Uh, you know, I'm sure that would be the switch gimmick, unfortunately. Yeah. But yeah. a lot of gamers yeah. don't like yeah. stuff like that. No. I don't care about that at all. Like, give me a game that I can play on a normal PlayStation controller. Give me an open world RPG set in Hogwarts where you. Design your own character. And you're just a house. student. Yeah. Oh, just and a you normal can... student going through the school year. I will give you all the money for that. <laughs> that, would, that would be a pretty cool RPG. And yeah. what if you could braid your Patronus horse's hair? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the more in. customization, the better. Yeah. If I can choose the... So you know how they like turn into animals and stuff? If I can choose the animal they turn into and choose like the color that they are and stuff, you can I have will a, die a red would you, would you play Quidditch for 45 minutes instead of... Oh, that's like, an interesting oh, question. Yeah. You Probably. know that yeah, would be in that You go around, world. you play Gobstones, you play Wizarding Chess, blah, blah, blah. Wow. What the fuck is Gobstones? Gobstones is like some kind of marble game that they play. I don't remember exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's the niche to Normie right No, but that's why yeah. you would you could put Gobstones. all that into this kind yeah. of open yeah, world. Yeah, like you're saying, go to Hogsmeade, yeah. can walk around, can do different quests. And then buy your have, wand. have it go through so like each year in like the seven years, like something bigger and darker happens and you got to fight your Ooh. own. It's like a big event. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of like getting into the world like that, we haven't really talked about it in any other segment here. Has anyone been to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter in either Orlando? Or, so or, I have not. So I went to Hollywood Horror Nights and I wanted to go into the Harry Potter ride Apparently, I had the wrong kind of bracelet to do that. It wouldn't let me in. (laughs) And it sucked because the people that I was there with, they were able to go through. And I was like, let me in. You got like blank check. Oh, yeah. Because I didn't have the right. I didn't buy the right bracelet online. And then some employee was like, oh, no, you can't go in here. And I was like, I just want to see Harry. You can't go in here. (laughs) It sucked. That's a bummer, man. So I still need to go back and do the universe. You're on the fringe. You didn't even get there. Bummer. I, I, I will say, as a casual fan, I have been to. Uh, the Orlando version of the park. That's the big one. Which is, yeah. So it's, it's. I'd love to see that one too. It's spread across both Islands of Adventure and Universal Studios. So you need to have access to both parks to do this. And mm-hmm. you buy a train ticket on uh, nine and three quarters and you ride the train across from park to park. That is so fucking cool. Um, but it is unreal. Like, if, if Harry Potter was my Star Wars, I would be. Oh shit! In in all my glory, there's not a comparable Star Wars world anywhere. Not, not yet, yet, but they right. are in the yeah. process of building it. Yeah, not yet Disney, you know. Um, but uh, I would love to do that. I don't know when the next time I'll be in Orlando, but I would oh, also I'll tell just you, it's love worth to it. To... Like if you get the tickets, yeah. Go. I also just would love to see Hogwarts, yeah. the Hogwarts one in LA. I would just love to see that. the one in LA. I I have not been to, but uh, I've had some some friends and family go, and they're like, oh, it's okay, but the Orlando one's better. Yeah. And the Orlando one is just kind of like you get both. 
Hogwarts and the school grounds itself, but also like the the town of Hogwarts, Diagon yeah, Alley, Diagon Alley. Don't forget Ollivander's the wand maker. Did you buy a oh, wand? Yeah. I did not, but uh, three people I was with bought wands. And if you like, there are certain areas where if you're standing on a certain block and you do a certain motion with your wand. Because it's reading, you know, it's like a connect camera yeah, essentially yeah, yeah. reading Stuff, the motion. Yeah. The different hand motions you make do different things. Like shoot wow. water out of one side or open a door in another. It is outrageous. You will feel like a real wizard doing it. That's really fun. That's really great that they built that in. And the rides, like not to get too like a uh, you know, theme parky on it, like they're incredible. The the coasters are great. The animatronics are great, which are mixed in with like holograms where they recorded scenes wow. from the actors to be in these original rides. All incredible stuff. God if you get damn. a chance to go, that even as a great. casual fan, you'll love it. That's awesome. That sounds amazing. I would love to go do that. That is the coolest thing I have ever heard. It, it <laughs> felt that way. And like, I'll be yeah. honest, even as a casual, like you, you'll never be more into Harry Potter than when you're living it for yourself. Sure. All right. Well, any other thoughts on the video games and extra media of Harry Potter before we hit the wrap up? Nope. Just make my, uh, make my open world RPG that I can play and I will give you money. Keep checking them out. Keep making them. Let's hope they get out of the mobile world. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, that covers it for me. Joe, any last thoughts? Oh, no. I'm ready to hit that wrap up. It's almost graduation day, so let's go ahead and uh, get down (laughs) to the main hall before we miss it. Ayo, Madge Norms. We are out here to wrap up the Harry Potter universe. Hey, yeah, that's a good throw. We so, get some Muggle fans. Yeah, that's right. Hey, I shout out to my Muggles. You know, my Mudbloods too. We we had no discrimination Ooh, around my here. Mudbloods too. That's, that's <laughs> our word. That's not your yeah, word. I did not like how that came that's out. That's our word. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Jacob's a Mudblood. Jacob, I'm is, a Mudblood. Yeah, I'm a Mudblood too, yeah. dog. It's all right. Half half wizard, half. Mudblood implies that you have some sort of magical ability. We're all muggles. None of I us are Jacob's real. Well, everyone in the world is a muggle if you're going by real realism. Real realism. shit. Get real about it. Look, you know, mudblood, it's like saying the N-word when you're not black. You just can't do it. It's cool that none of this is going to go in the podcast. <laughs> it's, it's really I cool. <laughs> I might keep it. No, I say we should too. So we're talking the wrap-up right. of the Harry Potter universe here. Final thoughts, guys. Um, just to kind of jump into mine real quick. Do you guys remember uh, there's a Simpsons episode where they first go to Britain for the first time? And Lisa is outside a candy store. They run into J.K. Rowling. She says, can I just ask you, what happens to Harry when he grows up? You know, I just want to know the end of the book so bad. J.K. Rowling, voicing herself, rolls her eyes and says, yeah, he grows up and marries you. Is that what you want to hear? And she says, yes. <laughs> wow. That's the hilarious. point that Joe's making about the fans of the Harry Potter universe not knowing what they want, I think is so perfectly summed up mm-hmm. in that joke. Well, can you, I mean, you can even equate that to Star Wars fans mm-hmm. not knowing what they want. Or, Definitely. Yeah, I think it's it's in that you know, same vein. You yeah, know. and if, if, if the official media that comes out is not exactly what the fans want, then they get mad. Yeah. 
So it's better to, yeah, to like say, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's whatever you fucking want it to be. You yeah. know? We're at the point now where it has not affected the Harry Potter fandom. My hope for the future is that we do not have any moments like that. Let's not get divisive. Let's yeah. not split down the well, middle. Well, there's less um... connection to the beloved characters. It's not like I'm seeing baby Darth Vader. <laughs> I was going to say there's less <laughs> main mean, babies Anakin Skywalker in the first three movies. Because yeah. it's more inclusive. But. Yeah. Um, I love Harry Potter. It's a big, uh, it's a big nostalgia thing for me, as it is for a lot of people. Um, I grew up with them, big fan of them, and um, yeah, this might surprise you. You know, growing up, pe- people would always say that I looked like Harry Potter. I get it with the glasses. <laughs> We're for sure. yeah, three white people with glasses sitting around. <laughs> yeah. We're all Harry yes, Potter. Three yes. out of four. No, Sorry. I don't have glasses. Dark Joe yeah. is not. Yeah. I'm uh, Cedric Diggory. We, we all have. <laughs> I'll meet my end. That's right. We all have but dark I never wanted glasses. to be Harry Potter. I never no. really liked Harry Potter. I liked the world around him way more than the main characters. I'm more of a Malfoy. <laughs> well, I'm more like a cool Malfoy. He doesn't have any flaws. <laughs> he's, he's a real cool Malfoy. <laughs> yeah, I'm the kind of Malfoy who braids his horse's hair. <laughs> Well, glad we're carrying over jokes from last week. <laughs> <laughs> if you listen, you, you'll be you'll happy. And if you didn't, go back and you'll enjoy these yes, a lot Check it more. out. Check out the Western episode. I say a lot of really smart and cool things. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the plug, Jacob. We really appreciate no, he's it. He's right. He's right. Listen <laughs> to past episodes of this podcast. For Jacob's plug. He's but plugging sure, himself sure on the last see, episode. Watch all the episodes that I am a guest star yep. on. Watch them. Read it up. <laughs> yeah, I would recommend you watch them too. Read those episodes brother okay read the transcript harry potter right we, we always are comparing it to star wars yeah. i don't think it's it's not as big it'll never be as big as that but it is a generation's star wars right For sure. absolutely man Total. swept the nation cultural phenomenon it has an expanded universe it has a lot of things that people take very seriously a lot of things that people want to imagine themselves i wanted to be a fucking jedi you know, I'm sure kids want to be wizards. I wanted to be a wizard at one point. I want to have a, you know, my own wand, your own lightsaber. There's a lot of similarities. Absolutely. You want to project yourself into that deep world. That's what's fun about it. Um, I want to thank also Dark Souls briefly for the spinning staircases because mm-hmm. Miyazaki cited that as inspiration for the Duke's Archives and the Dark Souls games. Mm-hmm. Thank you. My favorite game series. So Harry Potter's Bloodborne. inspiring even Bloodborne, right? <laughs> My favorite games creators. It's yeah, it's massive. It's massive. It's massive. And I and you know, you're a wizard, Harry. That's great. <laughs> Any other final thoughts for uh, Colin and Joe? Uh, I'll go ahead. You know, I think Harry Potter's great. I'm glad I got a generation of people reading. It got America excited about for young adult novels again. Um, I think we need another Harry Potter, not necessarily in the same universe. But something, again, to uh, reinvigorate the excitement that we got for, uh, you know, reading in this country and the world in general. Uh, So if you're out there and you're working on a novel and you think it's a little silly, just remember that a woman who just lost everything and was living on subsidized uh, income was able to come up with something that was just personal and original to her and made a a cultural phenomenon. So you can do it, too. Uh, yeah, and we'll so you know, just be the, inspired that way. The young adult novel industry is like a whole huge thing now. I mean, there was a dystopian thing for a long time. Like, if it wasn't dystopia, like people weren't going to watch it. So maybe we get more uplifting type stuff because, you know, Harry Potter. While it was dark at times, it did have like ultimately some uplifting. It's about human triumphs. Yeah. yeah, and the one now everything is so 
grim and dystopian hunger games kind of kick that off and there's so many different series that aren't as well known in the young adult and never will be as well known because they're just derivative but let's get more let's get more original stuff you know yeah and you know i think we should be excited about the future of harry potter uh, as we learned in the movie section i'm a little confused about what we're going to get moving forward uh but i do hope that this franchise continues i mean i think there's a lot of unexplored ground for fans. Um, you know, my final thoughts on it, I don't think moving forward, the uh, the changes that have occurred to the material, think about the way that you got Harry Potter was through books. Now the story progresses through films, right. and that affects mm-hmm. those books. That is an issue for me. I think it right. should stay rooted in where yeah, it came I from. I wish there was like a new novel series. Exactly. Like that. Yeah. Sketch would that you guys, out. Would you guys be cool with someone other than J.K. writing uh, another book series in the same universe, or would you want to see her continue if, that work? Uh, I'd be okay with that. If she condoned it and um, and it was well written, then yeah, absolutely. I would yeah, you it. see that happen with Double O Seven. So I mean, come yeah. on, right? Or the and I mean, like you know, the Wars, uh, novel canon, Timothy you know? Zahn. Yeah, there's and a the, million the different play. Kind of started that trend of like, yeah, she co-wrote that one, but she doesn't have to co-write. Yeah. co-write everything moving. A little forward. hands off. But yeah. I agree with you, Joe. We need a new Harry Potter. We need another cultural phenomenon to come around and just blow up the young adult novel scene or the movie scene or whatever. Like, we need something new. Yeah, Star Wars shook up the movies for young people. Yeah. Books shaken up Harry Potter. Should it be a new genre? Should something like video games get their crack of affecting young people so much that it becomes a cornerstone for them growing up? That's interesting. Why a video games? And yeah. as hard as I've been on JK uh, for some of her, you know, beliefs or, or taking credit for things, I mean, that's an inspiration, man. That's someone who didn't have a real history. She wasn't Stephen King coming up with these. Yeah. You know, it's just uh, if you have an idea and you think it's original, go for it, man. Do what you got to do to uh, to make something. And self-publishing now is easier than ever. Like, who knows? You could put your book out on Amazon. Maybe it'll catch fire. Yeah, stay creative. You know, you might be the next one to create something magical. Ooh, I love all that, guys. Stay creative, Normies. Stay creative. Stay positive. That's right. Everything's going to work out. Well, Jacob, anything to uh, to plug here at the end of the episode? Uh, no, just want to plug uh, Harry Potter. Go see it <laughs> in theaters. Now, what is this Harry week, Potter exactly? It's, uh, How are you it's getting coming paid out by right these now. companies? <laughs> yeah. yeah, go play Red Dead Redemption. Go watch Fantastic Beasts. Rockstar and Warner Let Brothers. Let us know your opinion. Write it in the comments or whatever. Yep. Um, check out my Instagram, I guess, if you want to. You, can you see. don't have to, though. Yeah, um, And I just... Really quick, want to throw it out to two artists who I met at LA Comic Con, uh, Chandler Ford and Sajad Shea. Uh, they gave us some great deals on some incredible art. You should check out their Instagrams. I'll tweet them out uh, as well. Some really great artwork Ooh, for some cool. really great prices. Excellent. Awesome. Any final wrap-ups, Colin? No, that's kind of it for me, guys. Check us out. Rate, review, subscribe on all our social media handles. Helps us. And, of course, write in again if you've got any topics you want us to talk about in the future. That's right. We're out of theme month now, so go ahead and uh, let us know what you think. What's your house? What are you in? You know, what's your wand made out of? Oh, please let us know (laughs) that. Hit us. Please, please email us with your your Pottermore uh, results. We will read them on air. Yeah, and um, hopefully this episode met up to your expectation, Patronums. Um, and let us know your opinion on Quidditch. 
Is it a bad? Does it make sense? How's your fantasy Quidditch? Can we adjust the rules for a modern era Quidditch 2018? Yeah, you have Victor Crumb. It's like Todd Gurley. Damn, the Todd Gurley of Quidditch. Yeah, dead now. Oh shit. Anyway, thanks, Normies. Has been Mike. It's Colin, Joe, and Jacob. Thanks, guys. Stay magical. free Dobby. How can Dobby ever repay him? Just promise me something. Anything, sir. Never try to save my life again. Give Normies Like Us a five-star like and review on iTunes. Thanks, Normies.